This episode is brought to you by our patrons at www.patreon.com forward slash DougFeedTV. These fearless web slingers have whipped on over and uh, caught us both in a web of appreciation and generosity. We're like twin Vincent's price uh, flies with human heads just waiting to be the meal for our lovely patrons at patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV. This got a little bit confused, but head on over there and uh, kick us a couple bucks a month. We really appreciate it. Hey there, hip cats, daddy-o's, mama-o's. I'm Mojito Jones. And I'm Smooth Papa Patio. And we're here to change, change, change your, your life. life. Has Terra Firma got you down? Then get your feet off the ground with the Kings of Swing. That's right. The Kings of Swing is a motivational and musical VHS seminar about the values and virtues of the grappling hook lifestyle. From tomba to tool, man, your feet never gonna have to touch the ground again. We got masterclasses, such as, what's the right angle for your dangle? The keys to the parabola palace. Check your trajectory before you rectory. Ow, my shoulder, and other setbacks. Hook shot, hot shots. Hanging loose with Rad the Lad, and so many more. And for a limited time only, subscribe to the Kings of Swing and receive a voucher for discounted legal services from the law firm of Spiderman, 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 Spiderman. Available COD for only $49.95 per volume. The Kings of Swing will give you the confidence you need to, to succeed. succeed. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Spider-Man 2, which is an open-world game developed by Treyarch and published by Activision for the PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox in 2004. Yeah, there's actually a PC version too, but it's a totally different game. Yeah. So, yeah, stay away. That's not what we're talking about. I've heard very bad things about that. It's supposed to be atrocious. I've never played it either, but... uh, Research. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this game puts you in the role of Peter Parker um, as Spider-Man, and gives you a really large, like fairly accurate version of New York City to kind of swing around and defend and generally be Spider-Man. Yeah, this is a Spider-Man simulator um, because yeah. uh, the game's most memorable feature, uh, the one that really sticks out, is the swinging mechanic, which strangely enough, no Spider-Man game really nailed. Uh, before this, mm-hmm. because they really paid attention to like kind of civili- like sophisticated physics that fudged just enough for the swinging to be fun. Yeah, and the the biggest difference. So, like, I, I played the first Spider-Man the movie game, 
um, is that, and, and even in earlier Spider-Man games, like the Genesis version and, and stuff, <laughs> is that you actually have to connect to something. Yeah. So there's a, a sense of inertia. Whereas in Spider-Man 1, when you swung, you know, swung, you would just kind of swing up into open air and it was more or less flying mm-hmm. in kind of an awkward lurching <laughs> motion. Uh, but this feels fairly realistic. Um, and it's definitely the thing that that is the game is most well known known for, and the thing that I think is the the one unequivocal success mm-hmm. in the game. Um, we'll t- kind of talk about the other parts of it as we go. <laughs> yeah. um, but this guy emphasizes the speed and this kind of flow, and you have to uh, plan your next move. Um, you know, you have to you know let go of, of your line and know that there's something to to swing to again mm-hmm. um, afterwards. And uh, this kind of gives you a feeling of, of being plugged in during movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a rhythm with your hands and it's, it's an unusual rhythm. Like it is this kind of wave from your right hand to your left hand mm-hmm. as you go. That kind of continues. That's really, really hypnotic. It's um, like a less precise Tony Hawk. Like you are making lines. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and you're, there are tricks, but that's not really the point. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like that would have been a cool mini game in this game. Like if you <laughs> add like an actual trick system where you do tricks in the air. Hmm. It'd been pretty neat, rather than just the the tapa tapa that does, that does tricks. Yeah, yeah, or uh, or just like uh, you're playing chicken with the ground, like a uh, you know, like just gathering a crowd. You know, like oh, there's yeah. all kinds of like really cool stuff you could do. I'm not qualified to say if they bring that back, like right in and let us know if they do that later on in the series, because I haven't this like this is the only uh, kind of PlayStation Two and onward Spider-Man game that I've played. I played the third one as well. Okay, um, which is not very good. Um, and it's not because the swinging is bad. It's just the camera is bad. Like they oh. revamped a lot of other parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know about the later, like the amazing Spider-Man and Web of Shadows and all that jazz. Yeah. And if they have the same swinging from Spider-Man 2, like I kind of want to check them out. Yeah. Um, just because that that is so fun and makes, you know, a, a, an otherwise mediocre game kind of rise above. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I just kind of like Spider-Man. We talked about this in the Abject Suffering episode for Maximum Carnage. But like I'm not, I don't go deep on the comics, but I like him mm-hmm. as a character. Yeah, especially at the movie version too, because so much of it is about him trying to balance his life as Spider-Man yeah. and the sacrifices and, that he has to make personally. Like I really identify with that. Yeah, and and this game is all about that. Like mm-hmm. this is essentially, you know, the places that happen in between the big high points of the second movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is, and this is early on, like it, it, off mic, you know for Exosode stuff, we were talking about uh, the new Batman game. And, like, what's interesting is this is kind of the first superhero game that I played that was trying to simulate what it was like to be a superhero, mm-hmm. not necessarily to simulate, like, an action game where you happen to have powers. Like, this is this is what it, you know, this feels like a pretty good simulation of what it's like to be Spider-Man and the kind of, you know, responsibilities. And they, they mechanically enforce that as well, um, you know, by making you kind of do these good deeds and help people. And that doesn't totally work, but it is interesting. Um, and we'll talk about that at like, mm-hmm. yeah. So you start out with kind of like a basic swing speed and, you know, like a couple of moves, but you are doing these good deeds around the city in order to accumulate hero points. Um, and oftentimes in the, in the chapter structure of this game, you have to either buy certain upgrades or accumulate a certain number of hero points in order to progress. So they're really trying to hammer this home and get you to stop and smell the daisies, um, as yeah. you are crossing the city. Yeah. And there are there's a there's a decent variety of kind of little side mission types that do pop up as you're crossing the city. Um, And these are either going to kind of test your swinging uh, acumen or your combat uh, 
combat mm-hmm. skill. Yeah. And the the reason this is here, other than just making you get hero points, is this idea, like, Spider-Man is about this being torn between what he wants to do and his responsibility. And this game does a really good job of that, because whenever you're going anywhere, um, somebody needs help. You know, and there's that 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 old, uh, you know, people talk about Superman and, like, how it must be hell being Superman, because every time a child dies of hunger on the other side of the world, you hear it. <laughs> you know, um, and you and you unlike, say, Gary Butterfield or Cole Ross, like you could do something directly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man isn't quite that powerful, but, you know, within earshot of him, there are people <laughs> who need help and he has the power to do it. Yeah. So you're constantly being kind of tugged in multiple directions here. And that plays in the actual gameplay and then also in the, the story, the mandatory plot beats. Right. So when you go down to help these people, oftentimes the, uh, the, the missions involve combat. You know, you are beating up thugs, hospitalizing mm-hmm. them, as it were. Um, and combat is simple but rewarding. I was actually pretty surprised at uh, the variety of stuff you could do once you really upgraded Spider-Man, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with all of his abilities. You know, you have, a, you have a, like, a, like a web button and a punch button and um, kind of manipulating that with your sprint meter and jumps lets you um, kind, of, kind of control the battlefield in a way that... Um, I haven't seen uh, in, in kind of like a brawler game like this. Yeah, it's, it's it's a real kind of blueprint for later games. I feel like that would do do it a little bit better, but it yeah. still does it really well. And the way that the combat as well as the movement emphasize this thing about Spider-Man, that he is like an agility hero. Mm-hmm. Like he can't just stand there and soak up bullets, you know, and that becomes, you know, part of the game where it's like I have to prioritize threats that have guns because that's mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do that. I need to use this this agility and this battlefield control to take on odds that are, you know, kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think it does a really good job of that. Um, and the actual combos that you you can get all are pretty satisfying and 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 uh, really pretty effective mm-hmm. um, as you get them. Like it is, you know, who wants to memorize a big list of Street Fighter moves <laughs> for things uh, or button combinations? But like I did find myself getting a few of them as my go-tos and then memorizing those yeah. and relying on them. Yeah. Uh, combat is kind of augmented by these special Spider-Man abilities that you have. You have a uh, spider sense, which uh, uh, when when his head flashes, you have kind of like a moment to press the dodge button mm-hmm. or to uh, to, you know, dodge either like devastating melee attacks or dodge gunfire or kind of environmental things. Um, and you also have the ability to kind of go into bullet time because it is a game from the early 2000s. Yes. Yeah. And the way that bullet time is replenished is by doing well at combat and then doing tricks and kind of showing off. Mm hmm. So uh, when you're, you know, that's kind of elegant. Like when you're making your way from set piece to set piece, you're doing these web tricks to refill your bullet time, <laughs> um, which is way more elegant than their health refill system, which is this that a health full health up just falls from the sky <laughs> when you when you. So you you get the, you know, you get your your sense of spider spider sense of self, uh, you know, diegetically, but otherwise just the gods of video games give you a health up. I like, at the to, end. I like to imagine they're just dropping a petty criminal down wrapped in web for you to exsanguinate. <laughs> yeah it, like that i love that shit when spider-man like the fact that he has to do with a spider ever gets brought up in the comics too like there's the weird guy who grew their forearms and like you know there's all kinds of shit, weird shit like that with spider-man um at some point i just wanted or, and and brilliantly the venture brothers like, yep. spider-man off is really really good it's my favorite thing yeah that's really really good yeah um so the, the game has a collectible uh collectibles because again game from the early 2000s um, these are hint coins, and they have Bruce Campbell reading tutorial text to you. He gives you the tutorial in the beginning, but then he also gives you all of these, like, I can't remember how many there are, 
Um, spoiler, I didn't collect all of them. I think there are 150 <laughs> yeah. um, hint coins. And he gives you a little unique bit of like voice acting every time you you run into one, which is pretty cool. It's so weird. Like there were times in Crackdown where I didn't go out of my way to get an agility coin because eh, whatever, <laughs> I've got enough, right? But mm-hmm. like if I saw one of these, I would want to go for it just to hear Bruce Campbell say something and be Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Like that is such it- a strangely effective motivation for me. <laughs> And I think that's a series. I think he's, uh, for all three of the original Spider-Man games uh, from the early 2000s, he's the narrator. Well, he makes a joke about it in the tutorial. He says, yeah, they changed enough that they had to bring me back at great expense to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. He's still he's still able to be Bruce Campbell, which is pretty great. <laughs> um, the main story of the game sticks really close to the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the early, not Amazing Spider-Man 2, but Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. Um, but they add some other villains and kind of storylines to keep it varied and keep the runtime above, you know, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them, I think, works. The others are pretty good, pretty dumb. Yeah, like it. it I, I would go as far as to say parts of all of them work, but parts of all of them fail. No. Oh. Um, and 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 we'll we'll go through them kind of kind of individually. But it's it's the parts that are most annoying in the game are definitely these little side things. Yeah. Um, um, kind of along with that movie hook, they bring uh, Toby Maguire, Alfred Molina, and Kirsten Dunst in to sleepwalk through their voiceover. Toby Maguire is incredible. His his <laughs> sleepy voice that he has during this is amazing. Like, I actually found some clips of the movie to see if that's actually how he talked during the entire movie. No, he's like Ernest. He's... <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's much more animated in the movie. He is so tired <laughs> during this. I mean, um, I mean, Alfred Molini, he's a force of nature. He hands it up. But even still, it just... Yeah, he's, he's so stilted. Like, he does a good job, but it's, it's still pretty stilted. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of how much I like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, that was such good casting. Like, mm-hmm. And now there were like three Spider-Mans later. Um, <laughs> but I think Tobey Maguire was a really good Spider-Man. Yeah, but then they, uh, they, they, kind of, they couldn't get J.K. Simmons. They got J.K. Simmons for the, uh, for the PSP one, but not for the main... So they yeah, had to get and, like a dime store J. Jonah Jameson. Talk about casting. Yeah, that guy sucks too. And you like J.K. Simmons is the voice of the yellow M&M from those M&M ads. Like they couldn't get him for this, but he's the big M- big yellow M&M. That's stupid. Jeez, uh, uh, J.K. I mean, I, you know, do whatever you want, J.K. Um, yeah, you're, you're but the, great. Uh, you're the best. Yeah, he, you, you've got an immediately captivating voice. But it, I, I think I wonder if they would have got the voice actor, if they would have got uh, Simmons, if they would have done more with J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, yeah. Because he's a real, you know, scenery stealer. And mm-hmm. it would have been more fun to watch him as opposed to like the scenes with him in this that are pretty, pretty anemic. I kind of don't think the animation would do it justice. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Like, and these are this is some early 2000. Like, this is some ugly shit. Yeah. And that uh, kind of extends to the whole thing. Like, this is this is a really unpolished game, <laughs> which, like, I don't prize that above all else. But it's very jarring to understand that this is like a triple A movie licensed, like massive property that got this just like it's it's incredibly janky at parts i wonder how janky it is in general and how janky it just seems in i don't relation. know because i read i read a lot of reviews that were contemporaneous with it and they're all pretty glowing mm-hmm. like nobody points out how terrible the character models and stuff like so part of me thinks that it wasn't that bad for the time i guess i just um, i look back to games from around that now. time like like this is the same year that like half-life 2 and you know metal gear solid 4 came out yeah you know or at least around that time like it's just i don't know i don't remember games from this time and that's not to say it's not impressive like the scale at which they're working like it is meant to work at this massive you know you're covering huge distances in a short amount of time like they have to allocate their resources to one thing or another and i'm glad they allocated them the way that they did it just makes it very very difficult to go and look at it 
Yeah, and just to stop you from getting the um, the you said uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid. 4. That's two thousand five. I said Metal Gear Solid yeah. four. Yeah, I should have said Metal yeah. Gear Solid three was, Solid was three. in two thousand five. Yeah, was it? Yeah, or was it two thousand four? No, it was it was two thousand four. Okay, I just Woo! you said you said Metal Gear Solid four, and I wanted to make sure no one was going to okay. call you out for thinking this game came out in two thousand eight. I can only get um, one letter right in a sentence at a time. <laughs> you have to choose <laughs> choose correctly. The um yeah it does look it does look worse than that like it is pretty rough looking as mm-hmm. far as character models go in motion like when you're swinging mm-hmm. um, through the city I think everything looks pretty good that's what matters um, yeah yep and the, the actual city itself even the combat kind of... like like the choreography like like Spider Man's combos look great when he's executing them like that stuff matters and they and they pretty much nail it and yeah really the only thing that doesn't matter is when he's close to Mary Jane's face because <laughs> um, because she looks really horrific. Whew. In, in, in this adaptation. Um, so later, this would kind of be a template for later Spider-Man movie adaptations, um, including like the So there is Spider-Man 3, which I played Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, which actually looks gorgeous. Like yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man is cell shaded. So that's the way you make games look good forever. <laughs> um, but it, I, I played that at the time. and remember it not being as good. Yeah. Um, as this one, there was one of them that like incorporated all the alternate universe Spider-Man. It was like Spider-Man Noir, the uh, the the Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Man Prime that I heard really good things about. Yeah, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine is in that. Yeah, uh, as well. I've heard good things about that too, and and would like to play it, especially if it again if it has this web slinging. Even though I think that like parts of it are stealth. Yes, parts um, of it are straight but, up Arkham, actually. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Like I like this is this playing this. You know, and even though I didn't come away from this being like, this game's a fucking amazing masterpiece, <laughs> I was thinking like, eh, explore some later Spider-Man games. Like, if they get this one simple thing right, this one thing is so yep. goddamn fun that like it just will will gloss over a lot of other problems. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of gives away my you know final analysis or whatever. Maybe we'll we will hash out some of the things that I have bigger problems with. But this very much is less a game and more a really fantastic mechanic with some trappings around it. I, I, I think that sells the combat a little bit short. True. But the, uh, you know, I, the combat and the swinging are really the the thing. The problems don't have anything to do with the actual mechanics. I think they have to do with the scenario design. Yep. So it's not about it being a, a one mechanic with some, you know, shitty mechanics t- attached onto it. It's all level design. Mm-hmm. Like an all boss design yep. are all the things that fuck up this game. Like it would be, it's just a matter of numbers and patterns. Like you could have <laughs> made all of the bosses in this work. You know, like I almost feel like if if in the future when people are, you know, doing ROM hacks of PS2 games, (laughs) you know, and can get in there and fuck around with things like think you can make a version of this that is, you know, like really, really great as opposed to being, you know, mostly good. Yeah, Um, this this fucked up sentence came to my head. The things you do are fun, but the things it makes you do are not. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that, that's more or less true. And even yeah. even the bosses that that work mm-hmm. are not great shakes. Like they're not the highlight of the game. Yeah. Even when they're not egregious, you know. Um, so yeah, so we'll uh, we'll we'll get through it. The uh, the plot <laughs> is essentially the plot of Spider Man Two. Go watch it. It's one uh, of the best Superman movies ever. Superman superhero yeah, movies ever. Spider Man Two is really good. Yeah. Um, like I that that is like you know because it was that early age of of Marvel movies where it's like X Men Two and Spider Man Two and I was mm-hmm. just like holy shit this is unstoppable <laughs> and then Spider Man Three and X Men Three came out and I was like ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you don't have the origin story bullshit overhead to deal with and you don't have yep. like way too many villains to deal with. It's incredibly focused and it's about his day to day life. Go watch yeah. it if you haven't. 
And Alfred Molina is great. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's great casting. Because in the first one, you know, they had uh, Willem Dafoe, and Willem Dafoe is good casting as well, but they put him in that Power Rangers mask. <laughs> yeah. so, it, so it didn't matter. Like, um, But he was you know, all alone. Freaks like him need company. I guess they do. There, there's one scene, and I, I won't put it in the show notes because I'm sure I can't find it, where the Green Goblin is explaining something to Spider-Man on a roof, and he leans and crosses his arms and nods a couple times, and it looks the, like the most Power Rangers thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's so, like, just him kind of, like, over-emoting because he's wearing a mask. <laughs> like, every Spider- or every uh, Power Rangers villain did that. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, essentially, so Peter Parker has settled into this kind of stressful life of splitting his time between being Spider-Man and being a college student and doing shitty at both because he's a servant of two masters. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a class assignment, he sets out to write about Dr. Otto Octavius's fusion reaction reactor, but an experiment goes awry and kills Otto's wife and fuses his robot arms to his back. <laughs> um, driven insane by grief and the AI in his robot arms, Dr. Octopus vows revenge against Spider-Man and sets out to recreate his fusion reaction, no matter the human cost. Ah, and that's pretty much the whole plot. <laughs> Although yep. there are yep. some uh, there are some trappings around that. There is an introduction um, with kind of some shots of the city and some textures that don't look real good when the camera mm-hmm. is sitting still and close up to a building. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. With uh, with Peter Parker's kind of voiceover talking about how hard it is to be Spider-Man as we segue into uh, the first couple of chapters, which are staggeringly short tutorials. Yes. Yeah. The chapter length is really varied in this game mm-hmm. and it's a very short game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As well. Like it goes by pretty quick if you're not collecting them all. <laughs> um, so we start out chapter one. Uh, what might have been. And this is literally just a, a tutorial um, on swinging and navigating things. Yeah. You know? So you're climbing up the sides of the buildings um, and kind of dealing with the camera um, uh, as, as as that comes. And Bruce Campbell is uh, uh, kind of telling you to jump off of buildings, being incredibly charming. Just just give a little tap, just a just a tap. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's talking about this this jump charge mm-hmm. that you can do, which is really awesome, where like you can, you know, you can tap and that's a regular jump like a video game. But it's a meter, and if you charge it up to full, you jump up on top of a building, more yeah. or less. Yeah, so like, it's good. a huge jump, and it's already very empowering, even without swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about, uh, you know, climbing up buildings and stuff, that's where the camera gets shitty. And my most annoying, you know, issues with controls in this game is when I would need to climb up a building, but would end up running up it. Mm-hmm. And then just end up, as soon as you're done running up it, you don't default into crawling up it. You just fall off of it. <laughs> Um, so you had to kind of frantically get back onto the building to climb up it. And during a couple of time segments and, and race segments, that that cost me some some frustration. Um, yeah. And then you get a, a little Alfred Molina explaining his fusion reactor. Yeah. Um, and cutting into an extension of the uh, tutorial, the uh, chapter two, A Day in the Life, where you're kind of given free reign of the city and you start beating up some thugs. Uh, and mm-hmm. an introduction to kind of combat and this really awesome uppercut move, which makes it feel a little bit like a, like Streets of Rage or something like that. This is like Final Fight. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the uppercut, like, so if you dash and, and punch a guy, you launch them. It's mm-hmm. a launcher attack. And when we talked earlier about uh, battlefield control being so important to the combat, that's a huge part of it. Because if you can open up with one of these things and then jump and air combo somebody, you can kill them before they hit the ground and even the odds. And you can do this multiple times. Yeah. Um, it gets hard when you're indoors, but when you're outside, you usually want somebody up in the air at all times. So you don't have to deal with them. And they, and you can upgrade and get some uh, some abilities to, uh, as you fall, actually drag them back up into the air in really prolonged. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of story-wise, you get a scene with, you know, Peter trying to talk to his professor um, because he's late again because, you know, Peter Parker is always late. Um, his professor, played by Dylan Baker, who would ultimately <laughs> become the lizard. 
um, who, you know, <laughs> if they ever made Spider-Man 4, and I know that Dylan Baker was probably pretty pissed that they ended up going with the reboot and Sam Raimi left. Mm. But they uh, they introduced him in the first one, I think. It was just like, oh, here's a guy with one arm who's Dr. Connors. Like, he's going to be the lizard. And then... Wah, wah. I forgot about that. It's like that. how Billy... How Billy D. Willem, Williams only signed on to be Harvey Dent and Batman because he thought he could be Two Face and mm-hmm. they recast him with a white guy. <laughs> so, how awesome so would she, that have been to have Billy D. Williams Billy as Two Face? Williams is holy shit! Oh my gosh, yeah, that would like, have been real, real good. He 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 is just flamboyant enough, <laughs> like to make that like the, the to pull that off. Like I don't believe Tommy Lee Jones as like a hammy, uh, crazy person for a second. No, he's too he's too no country. Mm-hmm. Like he's got too much gravitas to him. Yep. Um, you know, whereas Billy D. Billy D. Williams would have been really awesome. And also we would have gotten this like weird debate about like, oh, you can't make a character black who wasn't, you know, who wasn't black. We would have got that out of the way way before, <laughs> you know, we have our our, you know, Spanish descendant ultimate Spider-Man and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, our uh, uh, who Christina. Aguilar, no, it wasn't that. That's she's a musician. Whoever the lady <laughs> was who played Mrs. Fantastic in uh, the Fantastic Four movie. Oh, Jessica Alba. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you can't have, you know, we, we'd get that out of the way even sooner mm-hmm. because, you know, for people who are out there who are freaking out about that stuff, like they're characters, people make them. <laughs> it can be whatever we want them to be. Mm-hmm. There's give, no, there's no true version of give me Donald you know, Glover as Batman or not Batman as a uh, Spider-Man. Like, yeah, I abs- want Donald absolutely. Glover as Spider-Man, please. He would be so good at it. And mm-hmm. like, that is such an annoying argument. Like Spider-Man's not black. There's no such thing as Spider-Man. Like. <laughs> He's whatever we want him to be. Like the people who make these things define him. You don't own it. Um, like, uh, please don't write us. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Peter Parker is late, and this kind of opens up the uh, the the entire game um, with uh, chapter three. Punctuality is the thief of time, and kind of the running the the running plot line of Peter constantly trying to go see MJ's play, but getting distracted. Um, and dime store James Franco, uh, even though he is kind of a major character, uh, they couldn't get the Frankster mm-hmm. on board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. And, uh, and he, you know, he holds a grudge against Spider-Man because he thinks that Spider-Man killed his dad. Mm-hmm. Whereas in fact, his dad killed himself with his, his jet skateboard. <laughs> on the first one. It's so weird that MJ is so famous and got mm-hmm. so famous in the movies. Like she's got this play, but she's on every billboard in town. Like yep. she's crazy, crazy famous <laughs> in this. And like, there's a weird thing about Spider-Man is that he's kind of unsustainable at the level he's most interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like him being this kind of scrappy college kid who can't quite get the girl, but almost does mm-hmm. is when he's best. But like eventually he marries MJ and ends up making a deal with the devil to unmarry her. And like mm-hmm. all these things have to happen because he has to get back to that most interesting point, mm-hmm. you know? So here you can even see a beginning where it's like economics are supposed to be a problem for spider-man he's supposed to constantly be struggling to pay his rent if he ends up marrying mj who's like a world famous actress and model like that all goes out the window <laughs> you know so here he is at his best though like just on the cusp of of getting shitty yeah. um you know so we do some side missions yeah uh, during this they introduce you to some of these these little things that you're going to be doing to gain up hero points i let so many people fall to their death gary I let a lot of people drown and a lot of people <laughs> fall to their death. Those are the two, my Spider-Man sins. <laughs> Me too. Uh, like, so eventually really it became hard. part of my role play. <laughs> yes. Like, you got yourself up there. You can get yourself down. God helps those who helps themselves. Flip, flip. Spider-Man doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Flip, flip. Um, <laughs> like if I can swim to the shore, you can. <laughs> uh, but 
with the uh so we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about these missions so you're going along you get a little blip on your mini map and you go down and talk to a uh talk to uh, a, a new yorker <laughs> a very someone who's so from new york as to bend time and space <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me one of them is bill burr right i, I think they're all bill burr <laughs> like I, I, it is so like it's so new york-y <laughs> like every single person's like spider-man <laughs> There's a car over there and they're shooting. Like every <laughs> accent is the New Yorkest thing I've ever heard. I think it turned it's into unreasonable. Rosie Perez. There's, there's, I'm sh- like, uh, one of the actresses sounds like that, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, there's, like, very, very New York sounding people <laughs> in this game giving you missions. <laughs> yeah. But when you go down, the camera centers right on them as their lips don't move and they kind of Metal Gear Solid gesticulate and uh, point to somebody. Uh, when, I, when I talk about letting people fall to their death, there are people who are like construction workers dangling from a side of a building and you have like 30 seconds to get up there um, and save them. And it was so finicky that uh, it would get down to the last couple seconds and they would just fall and drop and like nothing happens no ambulance no nothing <laughs> you just lose some hero points yep the uh the main reason why it's so finicky and the reason why it's hard is because these people who are telling you about the mission are not at the bottom of the building you need to get to the building is always on the other side of the block or a couple blocks away um and you don't know exactly how to get there like you have a little indicator uh, that points the direction you need to go to but because it's working in, on the z-axis as well um it's a little bit unreliable so eventually I feel like I got the hang of these. Um, I avoided boat missions for the entire game after the first couple ones. Like those never worked for me. Yeah. So the, like the, the boat is pretty far offshore. It is sinking. Is it, is it making it so you have to like charge your jump and find the right way to jump out there? I never landed on the boat. Yeah, I could, I could land on the boat. It's just, you have to do it a bunch of times. Mm. Like you have to do a running charge jump to land on there and then jump back. And they give you a really generous amount of time to do these. But if you fall in the river, you get quippy and you climb out of the river, like down shore a couple <laughs> blocks. So you lo- lose a lot of time when you fall in the water. That's a river. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's true. You get, you, get, you know, but that's not very heroic. I know. Like Spider-Man just being washed down this river of New Yorker <laughs> poop. Um, like I, I don't, uh, you know, so those, those ones I avoided, but most of them I think are not most of them, but the rest of them are all varying degrees of, of good or fine. Yeah. Um, stick up missions. Um, you know, so there are, Cops having uh, shootouts with criminals or a criminal who has recently stole something and uh, you have to chase down their car. Yeah, this is uh, um, this is tough because you have to land on a moving target. The The trick to these is you don't do it through swinging. Right. You have to like get uh, in front it, of run it run and jump. Yeah. No, no, no. I like I never you just run behind it and charge your jump. Hmm. So like if you, if you stay on the ground, these are really easy. But if you try to swing and land on the car, they're very hard. Yeah. Um. So these I eventually got, but it's kind of fun. Like, you you know, you smack their car until they stop and they try to shoot you. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing always worked out to where, like, I always felt like I had just enough time to dodge the bullet. <laughs> um, you know, whatever my my reflexes were just matched up with the amount of time allowed. So that worked really well. And then you just beat up some guys. <laughs> um, they'll also snatch purses and, and things like that. So a lot of them are just criminals have stolen something. You have to, to unsteal it. Yeah. Other briefcases or stuff like that. Um, this is also a time where they mandate that you go to a pizza shop and do one of uh, Peter's part-time jobs of delivering pizzas. Again, a scene from the second movie. Um, and this is yeah. Crazy Taxi, right? Like Spider-Man strapped up with uh, with with the pizzas and is ruining them <laughs> as, yep. he, as he swings around and you just have to uh, get to particular places. Yeah, and then when you're doing it, the music is like... 
um like it's it's real silly yeah it's like casio demo mode italian stereotype music yeah (laughs) like the reason i think the reason why they introduced this here is because this is a way to get hero points if you're like doing it Mm -hmm. um you know but you they never you never have to go back and do more pizza missions yeah thank goodness it's fine like i i don't i don't mind these i like having to get across the city in a short amount of time yeah yeah um you know, I just ended up I most of my hero point farming I did through fighting. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the occasionally I would get a balloon back for a kid. Um <laughs> and eventually I got the hang of or getting people to hospitals is really fun. Mm-hmm. That one's really good, I think, because it's just swinging. But like um the two areas in the town in the city where there are hospitals uh have some kind of complex building arrangements mm-hmm. around them, so those work really well. And then uh I eventually got the hang of uh the building. Yeah, you know, people on the edge of the building, but you can kind of mandate this. You're only going to get boat missions if you're by the water. So if you stay away from the water, you can avoid boat missions. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it's pretty random. And eventually, um, as you encounter more supervillains, you get to uh, fight their posse's as they go along. Yeah. But at the start, they kind of ramp you up with just basic thugs. Yep, yep. Um, so we eventually you run into MJ, and she says that she's uh, seeing somebody else, um, which we'll we'll learn about later. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find out that there's this uh, theft in, in a nearby art museum. Yeah. So instead of having a heart to heart with her, he has to go and uh, see what this alarm is about. And you have to yeah. uh, uh, give the business to some guys indoors where the scale makes absolutely no sense and it's hard to get around. Yeah. The indoor fights in this game are, are usually the worst uh, or the worst of the of the two kind of things. Like you're best when you're outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera doesn't behave perfectly inside either. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a thing. Um, but, and also like, it's funny when you go off to, you know, for theft alarms and stuff like that, like at a certain point, I think Spider-Man could say like, Hey, you know, me talking to this person who I love is maybe more important than theft. <laughs> like, I understand. I'm not saying it's more important than murder, but <laughs> theft, like, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. Like it'll, it'll turn up. Um, you know, like you can't put a price on art, but at some point, like, it's funny when he just kind of, he'll put everything aside for, for human life. I get but he'll oh. put everything inside for anything. I mean, how can he be sure that it's not a murder alarm? <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after you deal with these guys, um, you're introduced to kind of the uh, the other love interest and kind of uh, kind of co-protagonist of the game a little bit. Uh, Black Cat, who knowing mm-hmm. knowing nothing about the comics... I assume that she is just Catwoman, except bustier. She she's not that dissimilar from Catwoman. Yeah, like Catwoman, you know, she's always been busty though. Catwoman became busty. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Cat's always been busty, but she's I mean she's a good character. Like she's not totally shallow and shitty. Yeah. Um, but they you know they she and she has huge huge breast. Yeah. Um, but she's she's portrayed pretty accurately in this as this yeah. kind of like semi love interest and and they do a lot of things kind of interesting with the tension between spider-man's you know civilian life and his superhero life mm-hmm. and she kind of plays the the devil on his shoulder yeah um you know for that part and this is the beginning of that or her showing like hey like yeah you had to leave mj but mm-hmm. check out this awesome shit we get to do because we're not like them <laughs> right i like this i like this subplot yeah. actually like the her being the devil on the shoulder and just kind of not being evil you know like he the, he he knows that she's a criminal and whatever but you know since she's not setting off the murder alarms um you yeah. know it's mostly just kind of like playful and that is such a weird light-hearted tone for the game to strike yeah she's not she's not malicious mm-hmm. 
you know, and and that's what's really great. And the the segments where you have to, you know, kind of keep up with her mm-hmm. when you when you go through an area, up until the very last one are all pretty forgiving. Yeah. And you just have to have them kind of banter back and forth. And it's like this cute kind of uh dynamic that, you know, you don't people can't really do in real life. Like <laughs> like check out this, this you know, it's it's kind of fun to watch them revel in, in what they can do. Mm-hmm. Cuz Spider-Man doesn't usually do that. Yeah. It does she have superpowers or did she just have a grappling hook and, you know, a, a extreme physical conditioning? <sighs> I think so. Like, don't nobody flip out if I'm wrong about this. Um, I think that it's gone back and forth between her having su- no superpowers and then having superpowers, but they were luck based. Hmm. Um, I don't think that she's ever had grappling powers or flight or anything. I think at some point she had powers where like literal bad things would happen to people around her. Hmm. Um, but I could be wrong about that. She, but I, it's it's not. She doesn't have flying powers. That's just supposed to be a grappling hook. Okay. So. So aside from her ridiculous costume, I think she's a good character and a plus to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're on to chapter four, all in a day's work, um, because you have to go to your day job, the Daily <laughs> Bugle. Um, so you land on the roof, you go in through the vents, you change in the bathroom, and uh, you go see uh, bad J.K. Simmons impersonator, uh, who just kind of kicks you out and fires you. You, know, you don't have a meaningful <laughs> interaction with him at this point. No. But uh, Robbie, who's another supporting character in Spider-Man, wants a picture uh, from the whole city. He's trying to get like a big panoramic shot. <laughs> Yep, so you have to climb to the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and take pictures from di- from different angles. And it's, you know, it, you can kind of see it, the developers showing off, like, hey, l- <laughs> all this stuff you can see, you can go there. Like, we made all this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is, is super cool. Um, and th- this isn't the first one, but, like, usually for these, these days where you have this task list to do, you have a minimum number of hero points you need to get. Um, my stra- and my strategy is always to do the story mission first. Yes. Because that will give you a chunk of hero missions. And mm-hmm. then I could see how many miscellaneous things i had to do yeah um so i do this first and then eventually uh there's a an alarm or something how does the the rhino pop up i i literally think that you're just on your way to do one thing and there is an alarm like i think it's just an alarm too yeah it's like a lab or something i don't know what uh, man i'm so ignorant of spider-man stuff outside of the movies but uh rhino who was voiced by uh, uh john john DiMaggio, um he is trying to steal this container of green stuff is he a green stuff based character yeah he loves green stuff okay he loves the green um no he's he is uh he's bonded to that suit okay um that is uh, uh so he's got a big mechanical rhino suit hmm. essentially it's more mechanical here because it's kind of based on the ultimate appearance mm-hmm. but in the comics it's just kind of a you know he's a big strong guy bounded to a big strong suit okay is his thing yeah uh the fight here is an introduction to spider sense you've maybe run into it um in the cars up to this point when you're doing the uh dodging bullets from the inside of the car uh but here it's actually necessary and it's a little bit like arkham or batmany like you're just trying mm-hmm. to goad him into committing to a combo that you can you know because he's a he, he's a bruiser and you're a fast guy you uh you get around him and then just pummel him uh with fast blows yep. until he uh until he submits yeah, and this more as far as boss fights in this game works, this more or less works. Like you're mm-hmm. outside, yeah, and it has a real simple. It's not too complicated, um, so I dig it. Yeah, um, and you take him down, and he doesn't show up again. Like every other, you know, mm-hmm. villain, you take them down. They it seems like they eventually come back. But this is just kind of to teach you about boss fights. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so for some of these missions and some of these chapters, you have to buy a particular um, upgrade, which is which is cool. Like it's actually giving mm-hmm. you uh, a little bit of a path to unlock stuff when you otherwise wouldn't have. 
it's just a reminder, though, that this is before the quality of life uh, kind of improvements where you could set a waypoint. So actually trying to find a comic shop is difficult to do sometimes, or at least I found it hard to do. Um, getting, to, it's, it's, yeah, getting into the map and looking and finding it is uh, not that not that optimal. Yeah, it's like it reminded me of, you know, just putting everything together that we've been doing this summer. Is it reminding me of uh, free driving in L.A. Noir? Oh, yeah. Where, like, I was just like, okay, I need to go up six blocks, left two blocks, and up three more blocks. Yeah. And I'll get there, you know? So you, it does require checking the map, which on the GameCube controller requires holding down <laughs> a button and pressing start. So At dumb. the same time to get the map. So, like, ugh. And then you have and to, then, and then you can't just, like, back out of it with a cancel button. You have to hold down Z and then press start again to get out of it. Yeah, you have to do the same same combo to get out. Yeah. <laughs> this combo to reveal map. Um, <laughs> the, so that that that's a that's a big pain. But I like mm -hmm. that Spider-Man upgrades in in uh, comic shops, mm -hmm. and I like that the upgrades are part of your to-do list because when they get, you know you take a web swinging upgrade, what they're doing is they're saying like, hey, you're going to need this for the next day. Yeah, like you're gonna you know you're not going to succeed unless you can go at least this fast, and allows them to kind of ramp up the difficulty, but make sure you're not caught. You know, you didn't waste all your hero points on on combat stuff on tricks. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. you already feel pretty fast when you're mm -hmm. when you're going, so like you could feel like you don't need that anymore, but you really do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So chapter five, a meeting of the minds. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, going to see Doctor Octavius. You know, you're getting access through your connect uh, with Harry, who every time you see him talks about Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> and alludes to your friendship with him because you take pictures of him, um, and mm -hmm. are him. Um, and you're getting a little bit of an explanation about the fusion reaction and the arms. Uh, but that is pretty much blocked by you having to go and uh, accumulate hero points. Like it cuts off for a very dumb reason that I cannot remember and didn't make a note I think, of. Yeah, I think it's just you're there just to, to check him, check it out. And you have to get to class. I think that he teases you because he knows Dr. Connors. Oh, yeah. And uh, and says like, you know, you're going to have to be to class. Well, let's have dinner sometime. Okay. And then you take off to do hero stuff. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's really it. <laughs> you hero stuff. You hero it up for this this section. You hear it up. You buy the uh, the grapple attack, um, which is mm -hmm. incredibly fun. You get to scorpion people. Yeah, yeah. Pull, <laughs> get over here. Um, pull them over, and then the, those rescue those boat missions pop up, which we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, we're on to chapter six, cat and mouse. <laughs> um, so uh, black cat, um, she robs a jewelry store, and you actually give her chase. Yes. Eventually through here. And that's more or less, it's just kind of developing that relationship. <laughs> like these chapters are really short. Like a lot of them, you know, they ramp up the plot content mm -hmm. in them as you go, because starting out, it's literally just these little story beats they need to do and just getting you acclimated to that day to day spider life. Yeah. There's a new type of mission. I forget if this is actually in the story or if it's uh, just part of an assignment that you have to do, like going and getting these camera tokens, like actually mm -hmm. getting to various vantage points around like Greenwich Village. Um, some mm -hmm. of them are easy to get, uh, get to get to, um, other ones are uh, a little bit more tricky because of, uh, again, that height requirement that you have to kind of find the right sequence of buildings to latch onto and grapple and swing from. Yeah. I, I didn't end up doing these just because this is prior to crackdown where they figured them out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm always happy to get agility orbs and crackdown here. It's like, well, I don't want to collect, I don't need to collect them all. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you might get a minor hero point boost but just playing the game naturally without doing any grinding like i ended up plenty strong yeah at the end um you head on over to mary jane's um i love how spider-man is always forgetting that he needs to be somewhere until he literally has like a minute and a half yep 
you know, to get there. Um, it'd be, you know, like if you, if you're supposed to be work at, you know, six 30 and then it's like, Oh shit, you know, it's, it's six 28. <laughs> and then you, you know, you make it there and then you get there and you're like, I don't need to go to work. I need to go to the play. And it's, you know, we have 30 seconds to get there <laughs> again. It's that crazy taxi thing where it's like, I'm going to give you, you know, $600 to take me to pizza hut, but you have to get me there in less than 22 seconds. It's even crazier than that because, you know, for, for the story purpose, he's always late, but there's still a, there's still a time limit. So he says, I'm not sure when I have to be there. Like I've obviously lost track time, you know, last track of this, but if I don't get there, whether or not I make it on time or not within 90 seconds, then nothing is worth continuing. Yeah. Then I kill myself. <laughs> yes. I commit, I commit spider side. <laughs> I get some spider cider and drink it. <laughs> And then and you, you then turn into a me. statue yep. <laughs> in the middle of the town square. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's really it. You missed the play. Cause that's, <laughs> that's you, you missed the play. Um, and she's mad. She's understandably super pissed. Yeah. Um, and you've had so long to fucking do this. Come on, Spider-Man. <laughs> Come on. Get your shit together. Uh, chapter 7, Pride and Prejudice, uh, begins with uh, uh, kind of the first of your encounters with Quentin Beck. Right. So mm -hmm. you're called into the Daily Bugle and uh, Jay Jonah is over the moon because uh, this Quentin Beck guy is trying to call out Spider-Man for the fraud that he is down at the uh, the sports arena. Yeah. And he's a famous uh, like uh, special effects guy. Yeah. Stuntman and special effects guy. Um, you know, savvy comics readers know who this guy is, but we won't <laughs> find out for a little while. Um, and he gets to this arena and everything's a little bit fishy. Um, <laughs> you know, this this uh, correctional institution has provided criminals in order to uh, be part of the game, which seems like that's got to be like violating something, right? Like the ACLU should step in. I mean, the UN maybe. Yeah. Like some, somebody should, should step in, but then you also like there become hints that this isn't really on the up and up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things I love in this, this mission is when you're flying around during this entire thing, at some point, Spider-Man can notice that the crowd is fake. Mm -hmm. And if you actually go up there, they're all cardboard standouts. <laughs> um, there are there are no actual people watching this i didn't this go thing. up there i just heard the crowd sounds and took it for and and took that to be uh like the low fidelity of the ps2 no no it's it's he's he's a he's a special effects guy and he's yeah. created this facade um there are two like sports announcers though mm -hmm. who covered who are presumably real but they could be uh on on beck's payroll or something yeah but essentially it's it's this this series of of tests it's it's american yeah, gladiator it's, it's very american gladiator except with humans instead of like you know, dodgeballs. Yep. Because uh, you had to round up criminals and throw them in glowing pits, which is an American Gladiator's game, yeah. but without criminals. <laughs> like it's conball. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, um, and then afterwards, you do that part. Um, the uh, uh and and you get to uh, eventually the second part, which is considerably harder. Yeah. Uh, I think, which is this obstacle course. Yep. Which again, American gladiators, like there's the, 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 uh, the assault or, or something like that. I can't remember mm -hmm. what it's called, but like the thing where the American gladiator has that cannonball. <laughs> the that tennis ball tennis cannon, yep. Yeah. Um, it's exactly that. It's really American gladiators. -y. There has to be some kind of deranged billionaire who has like recreated the, uh, the American gladiators, like the, like the kid from blank check. He, yeah. <laughs> that, that actor, I'm sure he is doing just fine. He has a, uh, he has recreated the American Gladiators uh, agro crag or whatever. Or he has the original. Yes, that's what I like mean. He bought the set. <laughs> yes, yeah, like would... a glowing piece of that radical rock. It'd be pretty rad. Yeah, it would. Mm, man, um, just to just to wang somebody over the head with that Q-tip. Yeah. <sighs> um, this, this is the first time I died uh, in the game because you can only get tagged three times. Mm -hmm. 
um, by his his electro cannon. He's <laughs> which, firing at you, which really is just laser tag. Like it doesn't actually shock you; it just dings points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is relatively forgiving as far as checkpoints go. Like you're making mm-hmm. your way from checkpoint to checkpoint in this obstacle course um, with these floating, uh, you know, platforms in the sky, and you just have to break his line of sight continuously. Yeah. But when you die, you don't start all the way over the beginning or anything like that. You start one, you know, start at the same one or one back. Thankfully. Generally. Yeah. Uh, it's not too bad. So it's like a big navigation puzzle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's teaching you about wall crawling and stuff like that. Like it's making sure you've mastered those skills. Yeah. Um, so for, as far as having a boss fight that is about wall crawling, like this is pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah. And during the, the escape, the shocker actually uh, gets out yeah. or during this, this thing. Yeah. Chapter eight, sugar and spice. Uh, this is kind of just another story heavy one. You go over to uh, to Octavius's place for dinner, but uh, you are denied the actual lecture about the way the fusion reaction works. Um, and again, you're on the way to the play, but there's an explosion um, at a nearby store. Yep. And uh, and and after you you know deal with that, you actually learn that you run into MJ and he's actually uh, or she's dating somebody. Like she kisses a guy who is John Jameson, JJ Jameson's son who I think turns into a character named Star Wolf. He is an astronaut. Stupid me. It's not Star Wolf. It is, he goes back and forth between Man Wolf and Star God. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, What he do becomes, those have he, to do with each other, Gary? He becomes a werewolf at some point <laughs> and then transitions to a Star God. <laughs> As Star God, Jameson possesses both human intellect and Manwolf's body he has cosmic powers, the full extent of which is unrevealed. He wears scale mail armor and uses a broadsword, dagger, short bow, and arrows. What is this first level D and D shit that he does? Like, what? Yeah, man. Marvel <laughs> Comics. He does one D eight damage. Yeah, every time one D six, my friend. Short bow. Oh, okay, well, now I was thinking more about the broadsword, but okay. Oh, okay. The um, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So that that's that's the who she's dating. At this point, <laughs> uh, he has very uh, high charisma. He's he's got a plus three. Oh, man, check it. One of his other uh, uh, aliases was Colonel Jupiter. That's pretty rad. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. I, I would want like to associate Colonel. with Colonel Jupiter. I think he could really uh, do, do do you some favors if he got in good. Yeah, I like Colonel Jupiter quite sounds, a bit. He sounds like a loyal ally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting cock blocked by Colonel Jupiter. <laughs> classic spider-man so so black cat shows up to uh to you know sweep up the pieces and uh give you yeah. a little bit of a reason to live and you follow her to a hideout and just beat some people up for some hijinks and at this point i'm thinking you know this couldn't be too bad right let's just team up and like get in some get in some hijinks yeah like uh, that, that's really great like she's always there to like remind him of when your real life is letting you down mm-hmm. you have this other life and it can actually be really really cathartic and awesome yeah um which i super dig man like, that's great. I wish that, I mean, like, I, I liked the movies the way that they were. I mm-hmm. kind of wish that's what they did with the third one instead of just making, because it's a little bit the same, right? Like, oh, Venom and just let's abdicate the responsibility and just, like, live into it. But it was too angsty. Like, it, like, yeah. like, like if he just got too carefree with it as opposed to, but I guess that's, like, the wrestling in the first one or, ah, man, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's too angsty and then it's also sharing screen time with too many other things. So yeah. they, they couldn't make it work. Yeah, um, there's an armored car heist mission, which I only make a note of because whenever the police are involved, they spout some kind of uh, comic book cliche, including in this mm-hmm. one. If I could just reach my utility belt, 
those are, those little things are are fun because they both seem random. Like the the cop will be like, "Crime doesn't pay," <laughs> and then you know the the criminal will say something like, um, "I'm going to pay off my student loans" or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they they just kind of go back and forth with something from column A and something from column B. Yeah. These little cutscenes. Mm. Um, but they're essentially just combat missions. Yeah. They're not that special. Let's talk um, about the nadir of this game, Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is really rough. This is a rough chapter. Um, this is the only chapter. Like, I don't think it is quite as bad as I think you think it is, but it, this is the worst chapter in the game. Yeah. It doesn't get worse than this, I think. So no. I would agree with you about that uh, more or less 100%. I feel, um, I, I feel like you feel when I talk about how great the theming is, but the play isn't there. <laughs> yeah. I just it is like I just it drives me fucking up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> this chapter does. So oh, the, I thought you were gonna say when I say that. No, I no, that. no. I just oh, like, like, like that this this oh, despair. Okay. <laughs> no. oh, right. okay, well there's this truth bombs. All right, okay. No, 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 that doesn't that, that makes for a good show. Like when we have those yeah. little differences. It's it's cool. But no, this this chapter drives me up a fucking wall and it makes me it gives me some empathy for your point of view in those times when you get annoyed and, and, with me. And this is a like when it drives me at the fucking wall. You mean the the, uh, <laughs> the other thing that I mean I played this before too, mm-hmm. so like I knew what to do. Okay, so I didn't have that going against me. Like I played this when it came out and stuff, so I had a lot of advantages. And I don't think it's strong. Yeah, like I don't think it's it's good by any means. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is chapter nine. Uh, when aliens attack. Mm-hmm. So Quentin Beck is holding a conference at a theater, uh, JJ tells you, and he is absolutely in love with this. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, as you're going along, this is where Mysterio makes his big appearance in the city, kind of uh, booming over the, uh, over, over the, uh, the, you know, the rooftops. Mm -hmm. And in this theater, he set it on fire and he's a gigantic hologram. (laughs) Um, And he has somehow gotten drone technology and has these flying drones. And you have a limited amount of time to save a couple of reporters we had to save all the reporters and eventually kill all the drones. Yeah. Um, but again, you're like doing your web swinging stuff. Like this seems like it would be a good test for that, except that you're in such a cramped space. Um, like you're in a theater. So like it becomes very difficult to, to uh, uh, pinpoint like one of these drones, like get on the correct Z access yeah. access to start tapping the button. Because once you start tapping the button, you'll kind of like time will slow down mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll, you can pummel something in midair. Um, but just like getting to them is very difficult. Yeah. And the, the floor is lava, you know, <laughs> very literally in this part. So like, it's very easy to lose a lot of health just getting too close to the ground. Yeah. Which is, which is difficult. So taking out midair come, you know, like, a, like the, the, these drones is made easier by the fact that you can lock on. There is kind of a version of Z targeting, uh, but on the GameCube, it's tied to that very tiny, d-pad that you're working with yeah the worst d-pad in the history of (laughs) d-pads yes um and so that is a problem it's forgiving how like lets you snap in like if you are attacking someone near them you will you will go up to them the problem with that floor is you know if unless you really charge your jump and get up there um your you know your web stays at a constant like so you can't like zip and pull yourself up so you have to kind of I don't know, just avoid bottoming out into the flames. And that's exactly what happened. I had to try this like five or six times before yeah. I, before I figured out like kind of the trick. And even I couldn't, I couldn't vocalize exactly what allowed me to be successful at this. Eventually you have to charge your jump while you're swinging. Mm-hmm. And then at the very top of it, do another web line and be above the, the rafters mm-hmm. or above the, um, the seats. And if you do that, you can get up there, but it is tricky. Yeah. This took me. This took me a few tries too. It's only a um, real and, problem when you're going from the stage. From the balconies, is not too bad. Yeah, 
Yeah. And this isn't even the worst this chapter gets. Like, <laughs> th this is really annoying, but then the next part is really, really annoying. Yeah. Um, so this part's annoying. Um, it's kind of a cool take on Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Like, I like this as, as an alternate, you know, explanation for Mysterio, because I don't think he was ever meant to be an alien in the comics, but I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. um, so he comes up there and he, and he says, uh, you know, we're going to attack the Statue of Liberty. You have no chance to survive. Make your time. Uh, dropping cool references like Ernest Klein, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you're sent over to the Statue of Liberty for what, like most people, I think would agree is the worst section of the game. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about when I say this is like some of the worst stuff we've done for the show. It's real bad. It's it's pretty annoying. Yep. And when I was talking about how it's not bad mechanics or anything, this would be really easy to fix. Like mm -hmm. this is literally numbers. Make these things <laughs> a little closer to each other and a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. And it would be no problem. Yeah. Like, it would be no problem. So you're, you're swinging. He left these little pods to get you up to the, the Statue of Liberty. Um, and you have to swing from pod to pod, which is precision swinging. And it's it's fine, you know, at first. Mm -hmm. But when you get to the end, like, it just becomes, you have to be very precise. Yeah. And if you fall in the water, you swim all the way back to the harbor and have to try again. And it just, it requires just lightning precision. Uh, precision which Liberty is like, island is closer crazy. after you pass the midpoint you can swim to it yeah exactly well, and eventually you can fall in the water and then wash up on the shore of the island but you have yeah. to be very close mm -hmm. and this this path that it gives you from the from new york leads you up to the thing you need to do but you're very unlikely to be able to handle it in one go so even if you make your way up there once you fall off, eventually you have to get your way back up there again. Mm -hmm. And oh. that sucks. So it's this gigantic circular platform that is hovering above the Statue of Liberty. Okay, fine. There are these beacons, like these these pods, at the end, kind of at, uh, you know, at the end of these spokes that you have to, you know, pummel out of midair in order to, like, drop the shield over top of this brain in the middle of the circle. Okay, fine. There's one small little pole that you have to latch onto above this, uh, above each of these spokes that, uh, you know, they have to just kind of hope that it auto targets to get mm -hmm. you up there. Um, and so you will be circling around forever and ever <laughs> trying to eventually get yourself above this so you can, you know, land on top of one of these beacons or at least close enough to it to latch on and hit it. And oh, if you, if you get rid of all of them, but get knocked off by the fan blades that are uh, spinning around the brain that's in the center of this platform, you'll get kicked back down to the bottom and all eight or whatever of the beacons will pop back on. So you have to go and do it all again. Yeah. And, and really to my mind, getting up there is the worst part. Mm -hmm. um, like that, that is really just hard. Like when I'm up there, I'm just, you know, I will do anything to stay up there. Yep. <laughs> like it, it is, I'm like gripping the, the web button so hard. So I don't accidentally let go of a web and just fall back down. Mm -hmm. Um, the trick to the fan blades, which I, I don't blame you for not getting because it is really annoying. I use but those, like the bullet time. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I use bullet time and you can avoid the fan blades. Okay. Yeah. And like, but the getting up there is just, it's, it's just too high. Like it just requires, and the camera's not really built for it. Like mm -hmm. you have to, you don't really know what you're aiming at. You're just jumping up and hitting a thing and trying to swing up and hoping that you actually get high enough. You know, like it's just, it's really just demanding in a way that doesn't require skill and just felt very luck based to me. I just, I just had an idea for a better sketch, Gary. Oh, no. What's that? <laughs> like, how effective would Spider-Man be outside of New York City? Oh, that. Well, <laughs> here, here's the thing about that. <laughs> like, if the, he was just in Kansas. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, they do Spider-Man, it. you have to get there. Okay, well, I guess I have to fucking ride the bus. Yeah. They, uh, they do stuff with that in the comics, and that is one of the reasons why the uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man game isn't as good, uh-huh. because Spider-Man lives in the suburbs with his with his parents okay. in that, um, or with Aunt May, rather. I know what happened to his parents. Um, <laughs> so uh, to get to the city, you end up spending a lot of time just in, like, with houses hmm. and stuff, and you can kind of swing from tree to tree, but it's not nearly as good. Oh. Um, yeah, so that, that's actually a thing they've done, but it, it is, uh, that is a good point. Hmm. I'm not actually proposing we re- re- record the sketch. No. But, no. but I, yeah, I, don't want to. I, I just, I don't uh, want to think about the Statue of Liberty thing anymore. Well, the, the thing, one last point about the Statue of Liberty that I want to make is that, uh, this has potential to be really, really cool mm-hmm. in that, um, you know, Mysterio has put a gigantic shield around the Statue of Liberty and put a gigantic floating brain. Mm-hmm. above it with whirling fan blades like it sounds kind of badass and over the top and cool mm-hmm. but you're i'm too mired in the mechanics to appreciate it as a set piece yeah. kind of thing is like being kind of fun and over the top and goofy mm-hmm. i'm like way too just focused on how frustrating it is to get up there yeah i love the theming it's great but yeah. it just uh, i don't know like it it is it is actively antagonistic to any attempt to it, enjoy it on a mechanical it's really level. bad yeah and again it's just numbers it, it easy fix it feels like Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are with the, uh, the kind of constant grinding for hero points mm-hmm. kind of thing and the game already being so short, I do get the feeling that it might've, some of the difficulty might've come from padding for length, mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And, uh, and that's what this feels like. Yeah. But eventually you get the, the brain, you take it down and you know where, where Mysterio lives at this <laughs> point, or, you know, where, uh, Quentin, Quentin Beck lives. Yeah. And, uh, you head there and there's a secret passage that leads down to Mysterio's lair. <laughs> down here it's like a, uh you fall down an elevator shaft i think yeah um and uh he's got this funhouse thing and this picks up i like this a lot yeah this is this is pretty crazy because like you're fighting like bouncy clown guys which are or fine kind of interesting to, to fight mm-hmm. but the the high point of it is this hall of mirrors where like distorted version of spider-man break out of the mirrors yep and they are like they look like hall of mirror versions so they're all like wibbly wobbly like <laughs> 2d they look like um Judge Dredd after he gets, uh, or Judge, uh, the, the judge in, uh, judge Reinhold. uh, yes, Judge Reinhold after he gets flattened by the, um, the steamroller at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And he's why he walks around like those huge jumps, like those, or those big, huge 2D steps. Like they look like that. Mm-hmm. They're super, they're super goofy looking, but it's yeah. awesome. Like it's pretty neat. <laughs> it's like somebody left their Spider Man action figures out in the sun. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I like this part a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're fighting, and they, you're fighting them and you get to hear, Toby Maguire just yawn his way through quips about yeah. <laughs> how hard it is to fight himself. and <sighs> Yeah. Some of the quips are actually not bad that mm-hmm. you hear. Like yeah. some of them are actually kind of funny, um, specifically, I think, with the shocker. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, you know, he delivers them. He doesn't give them any, you know, any of his time. Yeah. Um, after you, you fight these guys, you actually get to the control room and you see that it's all this kind of special effects studio. Mm-hmm. So, again, Smoke and Mirrors, this is Mysterio's thing. Yes, but Mysterio um, but has, has gotten, gotten away. away. Yes. Jinx. Yep. Yep. Um, And you're in chapter 10 when good men go bad. Yep. And so this is kind of the turn or the climax for the main story. You start out by doing some street crime to uh, to grind Mm -hmm. HP. Uh, But Mm -hmm. then uh, you are uh, called to uh, uh, Ox demonstration where uh, things get kind of nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things things are going bad. Um, It doesn't there's no real reason that things go bad. (laughs) You know, it's like you're supposed to be a bad scientist. It just seems like bad luck. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you leave and you come back as Spider-Man, you have to unplug these, uh, these four, you know, terminals. Yeah. 
Thanks. And and in the cutscene, the dramatic moment of you know Doctor Octopus's um, wife dying, who he in every cutscene he might as well just be saying, "Oh, she's one day from retirement. She's the love yeah. of my life. I couldn't imagine <laughs> oh, doing Rosie. this without her." <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so she dies. Tell tell me this, as somebody who is a fan of these comics, or at least knows more about them than I do, is Doctor Octopus's kind of motivation the dark mirror to uh, to Spider Man's that uh, uh, that it is in the movies and here. You know, I don't think so. Losing like, Spider- somebody that he loves and kind of going mad with power as opposed to losing somebody that he loves and going good with power. Yeah. And being like a man of science and stuff. Yeah. In the he's such a silver age villain. Mm-hmm. Um I think that he just showed up as like I'm a guy with a bad haircut and I like <laughs> I got these robot arms. Like I don't think he had a very strong origin story yeah. in the comics. Um I think there's a creation of the movie. There are a lot of things like that are a creation of the movie specifically that I feel like were possibly first came from Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Like I think the whole idea of the the tentacles actually talking to him, the way they're uh, you know portrayed as really snake like in the movie, I think is a Sam Raimi touch, hmm. and is really really cool. Yeah, because um, they're just robot arms in the comics right. for a long time. Hmm. Um, so so yeah, this uh, go, turns into kind of an environmental boss fight. So the uh, the fusion reactions at the center of the lab, and it's kind of sending out this uh, this this pulse shield uh, and uh, in irregular intervals, right? So you have to watch the patterns and kind of charge up your jump to uh, to clear uh, the, the the lab at the exact right time in order to take out these uh, four power terminals to uh, to yeah. shut down the reaction. And while this is happening, there are also bolts that can come. Yeah. So you're just kind of doing those things. It's pretty easy. And it's, this is explicitly training you for something later. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to do this. But uh, but eventually you you take care of it and you have no time to pick up the pieces because you're Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get attacked by robots on your way to uh, to go to class again. <laughs> yep. I don't know why. I think it's uh, Mysterio coming after you. But uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the story continues, uh, you know, uh, Ock now fused to his, uh, to his uh, uh, arms, uh, says, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be a criminal, then I have to act like one uh, to do what he must. And so, uh, you know, you see him uh, heading to a hospital to try and uh, uh, get the resources he needs to, uh, to uh, re- reassemble his reaction. Yeah. Yep. And eventually gets um, your revenge on Spider-Man. He's gone super crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, uh, you know, J.J. Jameson in the chapter 11 and the underside of crime. Finally, there's a downside to crime. J.J. <laughs> um, Jameson actually names him Dr. Octopus, which like what else would you name an <laughs> eight-limbed creature whose last name is Octavius? Um, and, uh, you know, you find out that he actually killed all the doctors at the hospital, you know, where he was and made mm-hmm. your escape. Um, you had to help Aunt May get alone um, <laughs> in here. The, the first time she shows up. The kind of thrilling action that you get to do. <laughs> This game with credit ratings and it's yeah, co-signers. It's, no, it's kind of like the uh, like the Mortal Kombat um, uh, mini game where you you know, you mash the button to break through the boards. I said, but this time it's your credit rating. Yeah, and he's above seven hundred. Um, yeah, you had to help, and then Doctor Octopus shows up to to rob the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, here actually, where did he so, get henchmen? <laughs> I think. Yeah. So here's the thing, I think that time is supposed to be going by way quicker than it seems to in the game. Okay. I think each of these little vignettes that you play each chapter is supposed to be like weeks apart. Okay. In here. So he went off and recruited them from, you know, from the from dregs, bars yeah. and shit. Yeah. And it seems super, it sounds like he just came out of the hospital immediately, just attracted some <laughs> henchmen. Like, 
and then came here. But I think there's supposed to be time between them based on like the fact that uh, there are like references to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I keep it, you know, I missed MJ's play a couple weeks ago or something like that, he says. Uh, and yeah. in game, it's only been, you know, three days or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, they all have his haircut, which yep. I love. <laughs> and his goggles. Like, yeah. Like, the, you know, to identify them from a distance, they have the dorky Dr. Octopus, you know, bowl cut glasses combo. Yep. And, uh, you know, like, I know that a movie is a, is different from a game. And, like, the cool thing about him and the movie is that he's, like, this this lone super-powered psychopath who is, like, just maniacally pursuing this single goal, right? Like, he doesn't have mm-hmm. henchmen in the movie. You have to have people mm-hmm. to beat up in the game. But even still, it is just incredibly goofy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty silly. Um, but, again, like, this, it's kind of interesting from a design standpoint. Like, one of the things they did well is that last mission – and this mission are added together to form the final boss fight. Yeah. So they're teaching you the two parts of the final boss fight back to back. You know, the first one being dodging that that kind of reactor and this being dealing with Dr. Octopus, who has incredible control over his his area around him because right. of the arms. So the trick is to you can dodge them and then hit the web button and actually web his arms to the floor mm-hmm. um, and then beat up on him for a time. Right. And this is going to become super important later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he eventually, uh, you know, grabs Aunt May. <laughs> and uh, leaves and says, like, hey, you know, this is and, and leaves in a helicopter, actually, which is where you get a helicopter, I guess, too. Um, <laughs> yes, to act like a criminal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so get a get a helicopter. Get this. Um, you cha- only criminals cha- fly helicopters. Exactly. That's only only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if helicopters are outlawed. Only then only outlaws will have helicopters. <laughs> yep. It's true. That, that old chestnut. Um, he eventually puts Aunt May on the tracks <laughs> and, uh, and you have to rescue her, which is, you know, actually not too bad. He spontaneously but... grows a mustache so he can twirl it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But that is just a, uh, again, it's kind of, it's kind of training you for another later thing here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. These two missions, you know, teach you the end game. <laughs> um, and now Dr. Octopus's goons can start showing up yeah. on the regular. Yep. Um, so yeah. So yeah, uh, this gets into chapter twelve, where you know the uh, the, the the shocker, uh, not just a horrible sexual maneuver, uh, but a guy mm-hmm. who escaped from that uh, uh, what you call it uh, display earlier uh, has uh, started uh, wreaking havoc around town. In chapter twelve, a shocking development. Yes, and it's a double meaning because <laughs> uh, John Jameson, uh, Manwolf, has <laughs> proposed to Mary Jane, mm-hmm. and uh, you're super upset. Um, <laughs> And it's as whenever you're, you're looking through a skylight. Yeah. I love how like the, the, you know, how there's the bat signal, but like the black cat signal is, uh, getting super mad as, as Spider-Man. <laughs> like if something bad happens in your regular life, black cat just shows up <laughs> and uh, she's like, Hey, you know, I know you're down, but I know where the shocker's at. Yeah. Uh, he's planning something. Let's go beat him up. Yeah. Why not? So you follow her yeah. to, uh, to his hideout and, uh, you fight him in a, in a, in a warehouse. Yeah. Um, which kind of the trick to shocker. Um, is that, uh, and, and black cat's actually really badass. Like she will take care of herself. There's no escort missions yeah. in this game and she's invincible whenever she shows up, which I use to cheese my way past a very difficult encounter later. Hmm. Um, but she, uh, she's invincible. She'll take care of the henchmen. You just have to fight shocker. And the trick with shocker is you can't get greedy. Right. Like you can only attack him three or four times. Once he starts like balling up and going into the fetal position, he's going to explode in a shockwave bigger than you think it is. Yes. That so is, you need that, to get away from it. That covers most of the length of a room. You literally, you have to sprint away from it yeah. once he starts doing it. And yeah. like, eventually you get the rhythm and it's like, 
okay, I got this. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it takes a little while to get there. Yeah, I think. And this is a game that has not really encouraged like a conservative approach so far. No, no, it's it's trying to undermine that. Like mm-hmm. they never figured out a way to make bosses work perfectly in this game with the actual mechanics, other than Doctor Octopus. I think. Yeah. When you're you're one on one fighting with Doctor Octopus, it works really well, and Rhino, I guess too. Yeah. But this uh, this is you know. They're trying to subvert the things they've been teaching you to do, but that's not generally what you want to do. Like, yeah. you know, that's an interesting thing to do, but it shouldn't be your first encounter with this guy. It's not like he's learned a new trick. <laughs> this is just what the shocker is. Yeah. Um, this is the the only, the one bit of memorable spider quipping is I like it where he says, how does, how is your absorbency compare with the leading brands? <laughs> hey, um, yep. Which is, that's pretty cute. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, because, because he's wearing like a big padded suit, I guess. Like what's... Yeah, because yeah, he looks like he's quilted. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, chapter thirteen, cleaning the slate. Uh, you are headed out to photograph the Latvian ambassador. Um, kind of a callback from a previous episode of one of our shows where you invoked Latveria. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Mysterio is holding up a convenience store. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! This is so good. Like, <laughs> I, love I, I love this so much. Because this you, almost you to... redeemed the previous Mysterio chapter for me. And what's like, and you couldn't do this without the last chapters being so obnoxious. Yeah. You know, like, they just need to be a little bit less obnoxious. But, mm-hmm. like, this is meant to, to, you know, this feeling of catharsis. Because you get there, Mysterio is in the community store, and he's like, ha-ha, you know, you've done as I planned. And he uh, flexes, <laughs> and his health meter fills up three times um which is you know really great kind of fourth wall thing yeah uh but he just dies in one hit (laughs) you uppercut his helmet off yep and uh you find out it's quentin beck if you haven't figured it out Mm -hmm. um but it's it's super good it's like a great anti-climax it's very funny yep so you you take some pictures which you might as well have just taken his pants off too exactly exactly um and you forget about this latvian ambassador yep um you know, and just head back because like, you got pictures of the the shocker. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit about this Latvian ambassador. Yeah. Could be Doctor Doom. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, but but yeah. Uh, but on your way, people are like, "Oh, sp- like you go to help somebody," and like, "Oh, not Spider Man. You're a terrible person. I read about you in the papers." You know, like, yeah. Damn it, Jonah. And so you go there trying to, uh, you know, like give him a piece of your mind, like as Spider Man. But Black Cat kind of dissuades you from doing that. Yeah, and she makes you know she makes a good point. She's like, it's not going to help your public image just going in there and screaming at him, <laughs> terrorizing him. Um, yeah, so you know she makes a good point, and she says, "Hey, yeah, I, I know what you like. I know where the shocker is. <laughs> like that's your catnip, <laughs> Spider Man, <laughs> who wants a um, Scooby snack? Exactly. Um, so you're heading out to another boss fight in kind of quick succession. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to fight the shocker again. This is the chase that sucks." I I didn't mind this. Okay. I didn't have a hard time with this. Um, like, I'm not saying it, you know, your experience. I'm not validating mm-hmm. your experience. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember having too bad of a problem with that. The, the, the only reason is because, like, while I can pretty – I can keep up with her pretty well. That's fine. There's a point where you're trying to get over the over the bridge to Roosevelt, or, or Roosevelt Island, um, and she quickly goes underneath the bridge in order to grapple across it. And so you're following the waypoint thinking, okay, I just need to cross this bridge. No, you have to be under the bridge. You can't actually like web along the trestles, even though you can web along the trestles. If you are above the bridge and she is below the bridge, it immediately fails you. And it actually like takes you back to before the, uh, the, the, the various kind of goon encounters on the rooftops along the way. Uh, so I had to redo this yeah. like two or three times before I realized that there's just this weird janky bit of flagging where you have to be below the bridge. 
I think I just naturally ended up below the bridge mm. was what it was. Like just I happened to be low enough to to take that path so it just didn't pop up mm. for me. Um so but I could see that being frustrating. Yep. Um in either case. Like any kind of like state, you know, chase sequences aren't my favorite things in games generally. Yeah. Um for the most part, like the I said earlier that they're not that bad here, but you know, notice I didn't say they're like super fun. Yeah. You know, like it's not it's not my favorite thing to do. It just it stands out it's, here. Like it stood out for me because of how forgiving they were in, in other instances across the game. Yeah. Yeah. The next one that you do with her is the one that I found frustrating. Yeah. Um but just it was just some kind of, you know, quirk of fate that I just ended up failing it more times. But uh so this is the second shocker uh boss fight. Mm -hmm. Who's in this gigantic sci fi egg? <laughs> Thing. I don't really understand what you're meant to be in. <laughs> you're fighting him in Cerebro. <laughs> yeah, it's very Cerebro-y. I don't understand. Like, what is this weird thing? And there's something about, like, they can't make boss fight bosses just fight you as themselves because, you know, you're Spider-Man. You'd be too powerful, I guess. <laughs> um, so his big thing, like, all these bosses keep getting these shields, and they all have these shield generators around him. So, like, the trick is avoiding him, and then Black Cat will eventually go up to a thing, but you have to hit at the same time, hit these two uh, uh, computers that are on these outcroppings yeah. at the same time to undo his shield. And then it's the same shocker fight as before. Right. Um, so yeah. this gets tricky because when I think getting to a place that's really high up, I think swinging, that's not what yeah. you need to do here, though. Because yeah. the platforms are way too close to the ceiling, and you can't, like, square up the distance between them by jumping off the ground. You actually needed to crawl up the wall, but it took, like, it took me more tries than I would like to admit to realize that that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of those things where it's hard to, you know, the, the wall crawling is not great in this game, but it's kind of hard to fault them for, like, wanting you to do other things than swinging. It's just that swinging is the most fun, so it's, like, your go-to for things you know so when when they want you to do the other think tools in your toolbox it does feel a little bit incongruous mm -hmm. you know but it is uh you know it's like it would be weird if every boss just required swinging like yeah. unless they were going to straight up just say like hey it's swinging the game <laughs> which like some indie developer steal the the idea for the swinging mechanics of this and make an entire game around it yeah because it that would be really really great make it like super abstract make it like a cross between um like the mirror's edge challenge maps and this swinging mechanic and just let me like race and do trick runs and stuff. That would be really rad. Yeah. Um, after you eventually, you know, take down the shocker for good, um, the, the sexual nature of your, <laughs> your co beating up relationship is underlined when uh black cat says, was it as good for you as it was for me? Implying multiple <laughs> orgasms during this, uh, during this egg fight. So <laughs> also call our fantasy game with the swings egg fight. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you part ways and you know peter is torn between you know the uh the the freedom that blackout offers and the responsibility that uh his regular human life um demands yeah yep yep chapter 14 kind of rushes into the the last movements of the main plot this is burning bridges um and <laughs> again you are rushing off uh to mary jane's play but uh it's you know afterwards and she is leaving disappointed that peter wasn't there and being attacked by some thugs and yeah. there is a cut scene um <laughs> where spider-man blinks gary <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that spider-man blinks I, I didn't notice that. Spider That's pretty good. Spider-Man blinks. <laughs> so somebody went in and rigged his eyes to blink. <laughs> Industrial light and magic. Yep. Got a hold of his mask. 
I know I should be fixated. Like I should be talking about, you know, how, you know, they're, they're, they're having this banter and they've got, they've had this kind of like pseudo romantic relationship. Mary Jane knows that Spider-Man is keeping an eye on her and, you know, is talk, she's talking about how she has this guy who loves her and is there for her. But all I can focus on is somehow Peter Parker <laughs> gets his Spider-Man mask to blink. Well, he's a scientist. <laughs> so if you wanted to be, more, you know, more human looking. He stole, the, first he stole the technology from Quentin. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, you know, he, he perfected after fighting Green Goblin. Oh, yeah. And realizing how, how much that didn't work. <laughs> um, this is like this dynamic with, with uh, MJ is actually kind of good in that, mm-hmm. like, you can tell that she did, like, she actually does kind of a good job voice acting in this mm-hmm. game, which is not something that happens a lot. Yeah. Because you can tell she doesn't actually care for this guy. It's just like, she doesn't say, like, I love him. She says, like, he loves me and he's there. Right. You know, so she's settling like it's not a you know, it's not romance, um, but that's there's power to that. We we choked in the previous episode like, will this episode have the same emotional resonance as the L.A. Noir one? Yeah. No, it doesn't like not as much and not as good, but there's more to it than we think. Yeah, there's more to it than on first blush. Yeah. Like and, and, and I put that mostly in, you know, in the hands of, of the kind of the source material for this, mm-hmm. which made space for it. Yeah. You know, those Spider-Man movies, uh, the first two are very good. Yeah. And uh, there is space for more than just, you know, punching in them. Yeah. Um, and because you ha- you're you having this bad time, Black Hat shows up. <laughs> um, it's the Black Hat signal. And uh, this is the race that I had a hard time with. Okay. Um, and I had the same thing happen where, like, I failed and just had to fight the same goons on the roof yeah. that don't really need to be there. I don't know why they, they break it up with goons. Um but I don't. I don't know. I also don't know what it is about this that made this difficult for me. This took me a couple of tries. That's my favorite um, musical. Goon on the, goon on the, on the roof. Goons on the yeah. roof. Yep. I like black cats. <laughs> the um. So, the uh, this is the fight that I I cheesed. I think this is really hard and comes yeah. out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> um, it's apropos of nothing, really. Yeah, so. this is really weird. <laughs> Okay, Um, so there's some docs down by the convention center where there's some military hardware and a shady deal happening. Yeah, yeah. And it's this guy, you know, auctioning off these mechs to the criminal underworld. Um, And there is like a there's a Marvel villain um, who essentially that's his whole thing is just selling technology to make other Marvel villains. I can't remember (laughs) his name, but this isn't him. This is just nobody's. Um, And mechs are hard to fight. In this game, like they shoot <laughs> missiles and shit and you're Spider-Man. Um, so the idea, like, I think the way that you're supposed to do this. And when I, I didn't actually beat this legitimately. I, I cheesed my way through it because mm-hmm. I was kind of ready to be done with the game. Um, but is you have to kind of deal with like line of sight and cover in a way. Yeah. That the game has never asked you to do. I mean, I guess a little bit with the Mysterio, the obstacle course. But um, if you want to, uh, Black Hat is invincible and will kill everyone if you go make a sandwich. <laughs> so you can you can put yourself behind a wall or up on top of the roof where no one can hit you, and Black Hat can handle it. Hmm. Um, you can just kind of come back and uh, and kill the one guy who's you know off to the side, the sniper, and then and then win the encounter. Yeah, um, which is what I did here. Yeah, but I didn't consciously do that. Like I definitely let her um, draw a lot of the attention. Like she definitely is like an aggro sink. And I lured all the small guys who were giving us a lot of trouble, like kind of back into the corner by the sniper. Um, and if a mech got a little bit too curious, I would actually lure it back over to Black Cat to kind of like pick up with. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like just so she can get shot by missiles to yes. you know, kind of help you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can do the strategies where like you can dodge missiles and the missiles will hit the snipers mm-hmm. and stuff too. Like you can play these things against each other. I wasn't 100% sure at any point exactly what it wanted me to do though. 
Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel bad about choosing it. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, that's, and, and also it's so inconsequent, inconsequential. Yeah. Um, so you eventually you decide like, I can't give up, mm-hmm. you know, being, uh, being Peter Parker, I can do it all. You know, I just love these people too much. Yeah. You know, I just, that would be, he, he kind of goes through a litany in his head. And he's like, that would be giving up on, on Mary Jane, but also on Harry and on my school. And it would just be giving up too much. Yeah. So, so he goes and breaks up with Kat and she takes it really well. Like <laughs> she even says something along the lines of, yeah, I figured, but you know, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she, yeah. she is the most emotionally healthy person in comic book history, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she still wants to be friends and she's just, you know, she's, she's very, very well here. Um, and then you do some real fucking creepy friend zone shit. Ooh, man. Like, like I don't remember yeah. getting this, like this many bad deuce chills in the movie. He, yeah, you're you're not. This is a really unfair, shitty thing to do. <laughs> Peter Parker does in in this thing because he shows up to MJ and he tries to give her like the come to Jesus speech, like <laughs> you know this like, hey, listen, like I I love you, I know what I want, and just kind of expects her to be there, and like she, you know, very very rightly is just like, I'm engaged, like this is you know I'm gonna be married tomorrow, <laughs> nut bar, like this is insane, <laughs> fucking um, fucking walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and, and he takes it. It's not like he, you know, broods over it. He realizes she's right too, mm-hmm. you know? So it gives me a little bit more sympathy for the scene and everything. Yeah. Like it's okay for him to, to fuck up and admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving the plot along, um, Dr. Octopus needs tritium, uh, which I remember being more important in the movie than it is in the, the game. Like yeah. I knew what it, more about what it was. Um, the only place to get this is from Oscorp. So he goes to Harry Osborne, who is uh, during his downtime uh, stroking a sacrificial dagger and thinking about how much he wants to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> I love that dagger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> this is what he does. He's like a millionaire. He can do anything. This is what he does when he's just hanging out, drinks Maker's Mark and like strokes the dagger. Oh, I forgot. They had that Maker's Mark um, uh, product placement, didn't they? It, it's because uh, it's um, um, it's either Sam Raimi or James Franco's favorite booze and they always put it in their scenes like one of it's a trademark of one of those two guys huh um that's really, which is great because makers that's great that's great yeah and i yeah. pretty much always try to have a bottle of it but it's like yeah it's just so weird for a for a millionaire to like oh here's this 25 five dollar bottle of liquor yeah and then this four thousand dollar dagger of amon Ra. <laughs> <laughs> once it is unsheathed it must draw spider blood <laughs> or else i get cursed by the pharaohs um, and then i must vomit but, scarabs but, forever and ever yeah, <laughs> yep then i ejaculate scarabs at the end of my days <laughs> which would be very soon because where are the scarabs coming from yeah exactly. and where do they go well, the vast desperate tubes um before that they're generated by your balls where did you come um, from where did they go yeah <laughs> So, Where do they come from? Scarab Eye Joe. The <laughs> Scarab Guy. That's that's the Spider-Man villain he turns into. Scarab Guy Joe. It's like, how much better would that familiar? be than the Are you Hobgoblin? sure you're not Harry Osborn? <laughs> <laughs> He's furiously jerking off into a bank vault to make his scarabs, like, <laughs> carry the money out very slowly. He doesn't even have a costume. Yeah. He's, he's got a pair of Levi five hundred ones dropped around his knees. He's got his costume is a pair of dickless chaps. He's got they're like <laughs> they're just missing the front just so he can unleash the scarab menace whenever need be. Um, 
<laughs> Why are we goofier now after an hour and a half than we were after four hours? I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, Dr. Octopus comes and says, hey, I want the tritium. And uh, uh, Harry says, okay, you can get it as long as you bring me the head of Spider-Man. Yep. Um, and he's and he's like, we have a deal. And then and then takes off like he's like, you have a bargain. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get the the famous scene from the movie and the trailer for the movie mm-hmm. where Dr. Octopus throws a car through the window. Um, MJ's, uh, you know, having coffee with with Peter and they're kind of talking out. He's apologizing, which is good up until Dr. Octopus uh, yeah. breaks it up and uh, takes her hostage. Yeah, because, you know, Ock knows that Peter Parker has some kind of connection to Spider-Man and um, he is leveraging somebody that Peter loves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so now you're doing this this boss fight on a train. Mm-hmm. Um, here. Where uh, you are, well, just real quick before we move on from that, like I really like Doctor Octopus's efficiency here. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, because Harry tells him Peter Parker is where to go, you know, because he takes pictures of Spider Man, and and uh, he's literally just like, okay, I'm just gonna take this person who I know Peter Parker cares about and say like, <laughs> you give me Spider Man or this is it. Like he's he's really ruthless, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that that's I think is kind of effective and good. Um, but yeah, yeah, this boss fight on a train is what you're doing now. Yeah. Again, another iconic scene from the movie. Yeah. I forget. Is this the scene where they give like the thumbs up, like nobody does this to New York? Or was that from the first one? I think that's in the first one because I have yeah. a memory of like uh, a bunch of New Yorkers throwing soda cans at the Green Goblin and him oh, like, yeah, like because, swatting him out of the air. Because Green Goblin did 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. yeah he, he doesn't like New York enough. Yeah. That's the greatest crime in the Spider-Verse is like not, you know. There, there's a lot of things there, you know, a lot of themes like power and responsibility, but love for the Big Apple is the number one theme. <laughs> the city that never sleeps. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's that's Spider-Man. <laughs> if it doesn't make you love New York. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Food, fun, anyway. fashion. That's got it all. It um, does. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, this is the scene where uh, all the people in the train see him unmasked. But that doesn't happen in the game. Instead, you are um, chasing this train down and uh, running up along the cars. And then you are uh, kind of expected to do the reflex checks in order to uh, web his uh, his tentacles down and give him a pummel in. Yep. 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 Um, and, you, you know, if you fall off the train, it's kind of a pain in the ass. The train actually slows down. Mm hmm for you to catch up, which is nice. But uh, if you end up under the tracks, like God help you, like yeah. that is, it's really hard to get back up there. Um, so you go up there and you fight him eventually, but uh, in order to stop the train, um, you end up, you know, doing the, the thing from the movie, right? Is this where you get pat, you pass out from that? No, no. Like that doesn't do that. Like the, like you just okay. kind of like after you, after you do enough damage, he runs away. So you don't actually have to stop it from going off the ends of the track. I'm trying to remember how Dr. Octopus gets you though. Because he definitely delivers you to, to Harry is what happens next. Oh, I yeah, something. How... I, I think he just gets a lucky blow. I don't remember exactly what happens. And, yeah, literally could just be knocks you out. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he delivers you to Harry. Harry finds out that you're Peter. And you just wake up. and like, we have a lot to talk about. But first, we have, you know, he's got MJ. Mm-hmm. We have to go. And he's keeping Mary Jane for collateral. Right. You know? Um, so he has a lab down by the by the pier. And you have to head towards the uh, the emboss and the climactic encounter. Yeah. So this is that encounter that they're training you uh, for before, uh, where mm-hmm. you are trying to manage both this rhythmically pulsing um, shield and trying to take out these power generators, but also um, uh, trying to manage uh, Doc, Doc Ock himself, who for the first phase of the fight is shielded and you can't really do any damage to him. 
Um, yeah. And you know, like you never really notice this, like in, in the, in the bank, it's hard to, it's hard to appreciate this because he really just sticks to the ceiling. But like in the game here, he is a good peer. It's, it's like, it's, it's a pretty good match for Spider-Man and his mobility fighting, fighting Doc Ock in this arena because he is almost as mobile as you are. Yeah. Yeah. He crawls around and crawl up walls and shit like that. And it's kind of a cool boss fight because he has the, you know, this force field that Shocker has. So the first part of the boss fight for a long time is just getting away from him. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you are purely doing navigation and it's, it's testing those skills and none of your combat skills for the first half of it. Um, and some of these things are actually really well hidden too. These, uh, these terminals you have to take out. Um, there's yeah. one of them that is uh, on, under the, the floorboards and one of them that's up on a wall specifically. Um, so you have to get to those. And this took me a little while. You know, this took me several tries to figure out, but I yeah. never got too pissed off at it. Like, I think I kind of like this boss fight. It's hard, though. Yeah, I think it's too hard by, like, a shade. Yeah, yeah. It's It, w- it would be excruciatingly too hard if it didn't have a checkpoint in the middle. Yeah. Um, so once you actually get all of the, the things and you get rid of the force field and it's actually time to fight Dr. Octopus, you get a checkpoint. Yeah. Which, which is really good. And he's faster now than he used to be. Um, so, you know, doing the kind of trick where you dodge his tentacles and web them to the ground is trickier. So this is, you know, Spider-Sense is really handy here. And even what I ended up resorting to is about halfway through the fight um, when I ran out of spider sense going and doing tricks and stuff mm-hmm. and keeping away from him to kind of build up that. <laughs> yeah, that. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, look at me. Here I am. Um, you know, and and uh, and came back with some more spider sense mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately ended up taking him out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then the game gets far, far more detailed, more detailed than any of the pre-rendered cutscenes before this. Yeah, this is definitely feels like it's from a different, different studio or at least a different phase in the development. Mm. But They're... the but the game, at least Doctor Octopus's storyline, ends much like it does in the movie. He is kicked backward into uh, like a power panel and you know comes to his senses uh, just in time to realize that the fusion reaction is going to consume all of New York City, and so he sacrifices himself in order to contain it. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know because you haven't had a mask during this this yeah. section. Um, you know, MJ actually sees who you are and, uh, and you say like, yeah, no, that that's me. And, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she gets it. Like this is why you, part of the reason why you've been so unavailable. Yeah. Um, and he says, Hey, go, go marry John. And she yeah. decides like not it's, to. it's unfair of me to ask you to do this. And she shows up later after he lowers her down on his crazy gross bio web. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like, again, that's the movie versus Spider-Man where it's like literally ejaculate that comes out of his veins, <laughs> yep. like as opposed to, you know, cool tech. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but she shows up at his apartment later and says, "You know what? I'm willing to accept this accept this life and what it means if I can be with you now that all of this is on the table." Yeah, and it's not that like, you know, the the feminist in me like I don't think it's actually that shitty, mm-hmm. just because you know he is the person who she loves. Like she didn't mm-hmm. love John, right? You know, um, and and they do they do a lot of things with this in the comic where it's like how much sacrifice is she willing to make of her own life? Yeah, um, and they they that's always a, a tension. Yeah. You know, that's never forgotten. She never totally sublimates herself to just be the spider widow, yeah. you know, uh, black widow, if you will, of like his <laughs> Spider-Man life. Like she's never just totally putting herself aside, which is, you know, at least makes that kind of a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, the game. So that's the end of the game proper. Um, the game was, you know, they knew that it's fun to fuck around in though. <laughs> so they gave you chapter 16 and 17, um, which are the, the, the first day of the rest of your life and the second day of the rest of your life. Um, to just go around and do hero shit if you want to. Yeah. So this is stress relief mode. <laughs> like if you just want to, yeah. if you just want to go swanging. 
um, then you can dip back into it and kind of work toward this astronomically high goal, this high hero yep. point total. Um, I was never able to figure out irritatingly all of the guides that I saw were spoiler free. And it's like, and once you get all these points, you'll be, you'll be delighted to see what you get. <laughs> I, I thought I had read that. Uh, it's just a change in your title screen. Ugh. So yeah, I don't think it's anything really special. I mean, the first one you're, I think that you, you can buy like a, a the last web spring swing mm -hmm. upgrade after the first one. But the second one, I think it's just a change to your title screen, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's what goes on, though. Yeah, it, um, yeah. it unlocks a Spider-Man theme of uh, our cover of uh, Stravinsky called "The Rights of Swing." Yeah, <laughs> yep, and drives people mad. <laughs> yep, the swing, the swing cycle. Yeah. Um, the uh, so yeah, so that's that's Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't think my opinion changes too much from what I laid out at the beginning. I think that this is a couple of good mechanics that are kind of in, in need of like, a, like better motivation and better scenarios to do. But, mm -hmm. um, it is so lightweight that I can't in good conscience say like, no, stay away from it because, you know, having not played any of the later Spider-Man games, I don't think that anything has, has done navigating in 3d space in such a like light and joyful way as well as this does and i'm even including like batman arkham knight and city and whatever yeah and the closest to as far as level of fun to me is crackdown yeah um you know but i think this is more fun getting around than crackdown is mm -hmm. um i think crackdown is a more interesting better game around it though yep uh you know, but it, again, I you know, come down a much similar way where it's like, I do actually recommend people play this because I, I wouldn't, it's a couple of like decent to good mechanics. One, like great mechanic. Yeah. And then kind of shitty scenario design around it. Um, it's just a real shame that they took such a shit with a third one because like, I would have loved this as the first entry in a series that mm -hmm. just got better. Yeah. Um, you know, you could put the, you could put the same character in the same engine into scenarios that work with it better and, yeah. and make a great game. Um, instead of this, which I think is really worth playing because I don't, nothing else really does this unless I'm wrong and the later ones do it perfectly. And then I'm an idiot and I should play all of them. It's, you know? it's really um, funny because like, I think these got, you know, these, these got commoditized in, in, in a really unfortunate way. Like this was a really, really good, um, licensed game in an era where like the only other good licensed games were like Riddick and the, like the return of the King game. Yeah. Right. And then eventually it went back to kind of this weird anonymity. So the, the, the games based on the most recent reboot could be fantastic, but I, you know, in, in, you know, in the, in the intervening time have stopped paying any attention to any media that would cover them. Yeah. And also I'm less interested in the, the source material. Yeah. Like this came from a time when I was genuinely, in, genuinely invested in Spider-Man movies and for one reason or another, even though they're not supposed to be the worst thing ever, like the more the more recent reboots, like just didn't hold my interest, yeah. um, you know, or didn't didn't uh, attract my interest rather. Like I and and even though I mean I guess the ones based on the comics, like that uh, Shattered Dimensions and Web of Time, yeah. um, I am interested in that though because mm -hmm. I'm interested in the character. They're not based on a specific movie, so I should seek those out. Yeah, I'm sure they're cheap. I'm sure they're so cheap. Yeah, right now. Um, I would yeah, even go and, so far as to say is like the uh, the Spider Man two Enter Enter Electro the one that uh, NeverSoft did for the PlayStation oh, yeah. is also really good. Yeah, that's really good. And even Spider Man one for PlayStation is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And shit, Spider Man for Genesis is pretty good. <laughs> like Spider Man has one of the best track records for video for superheroes. Yeah, in video games, like 
the really, really terrible games are pretty few and far between. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Atari and, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man and X-Men uh, Arcade Revenge are really, really excruciating. And, like, most of the games, though, are actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, that beat-em-up, the four-player arcade beat-em-up is really good. We yeah. get to play as naked Namor for some reason. <laughs> um, that game is really good. Uh, so, you know, Spider-Man games, like, he's a superhero that's uniquely well-suited for video games, I think. Yeah. Um, just because he does have, he's not so powerful as to like the ultimate destruction, Hulk ultimate destruction. If we hadn't done crackdown, that would have been a fun game to do. Oh yeah. But the thing is with that is that because Hulk is so powerful, they just have to ramp up the stakes so high Mm -hmm. that near the end, it kind of becomes a real slog because you're just fighting overwhelming odds of, you know, military grade, like, you know, nuclear missiles are hitting you, you know, like (laughs) it, it is. You know, just the the firepower that's being brought to bear against you becomes overwhelming and frustrating, you know, so you don't. But this, because you're usually dodging threats, you don't have to endure them. Mm -hmm. They can make the threats bigger and bigger without actually losing that feeling of fun. Yeah. You know, you're still doing Spider-Man shit. You know, they don't they don't introduce increasingly more agile enemies, (laughs) you know, or ones that foil. Like that would have been a really shitty, easy thing to do is like, oh, this thing confounds my spider sense. Yeah. Or this is a gravity villain that like keeps me pinned to the ground, <laughs> you know, or makes me feel heavier or a little more yeah. sluggish. Like they never do that. They never take and away that's the stuff that's the fun credit. about being Spider-Man. Exactly. The same way that like ultimate destruction kind of, you know, neutralizes the shit that's fun about being the Hulk. And, you know, no one's figured out how to make what's fun about being Superman in the game. <laughs> so we can't even talk about that. But we again in the green room talking about Batman, like I'm, you know, a few hours into Arkham Knight, which is a game that's doing its best to, you know, remove what's fun about Batman. Mm hmm. Um, while simultaneously letting me do some fun stuff about Batman. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I like it's I think it's worth playing as dirt cheap. Um, and even just the swing stuff is fun. I also uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, have I talked to you before about Spider-Man City Raid? No. Before. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it, it is a flash game <laughs> that uh, has charitably been described as Spider-Man has lost his bones and you have to get a, help him get to the hospital. <laughs> Um, and it is, uh, it, it really has to be seen to be believed. Like, I don't want to ruin it too much, but you should go to it as it, soon as we're done recording. I'll put it in the notes for sure. It's, is yeah, it, it'll be in the it, notes. Is it spider quap? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of quapish, but there's web slinging. <laughs> okay. Um, so it is, it is really special. It is very special. It's my second favorite Spider-Man game after this one. <laughs> so okay well i've got uh, i've got it not loaded up in a tab but i have a search for it here so i will i will do it and probably yeah. toot about it so the soundtrack is very important so don't uh don't do it on oh man on, a flash game come on yeah don't <laughs> do it on, on mute the, the, the soundtracks of flash games are universally just just top notch it's really special <laughs> um yeah so that's spider-man spider-man Next time we are doing our summer poll game. This is for summer reading. Uh, we're playing Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, the visual novel mm-hmm. slash uh, Japanese adventure game slash Escape the Room puzzle game uh, for the Nintendo DS. Um, that is the mm-hmm. version we recommend you play because it has the puzzles that we're going to be talking about. Um, uh, there is an iOS version that gives you kind of just the visual novel portion of it. But, um, uh, you know, it just depends on what you prioritize. Yeah. If you don't like uh, puzzles and you do like choose your own adventures. Yeah. That'd be a version to do it. Um, and that'll be a little bit of a weird episode because I know I don't think that my pathway through it is actually covering everything that happens. 
So there'll, there'll be, correct me if I'm wrong, there'll be some sections that you're just telling me about. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Unless so, you want to pull up one of the flowcharts and actually get some of the alternate endings. But like I already have, like I've got the structure of the episode planned out to where I can say, if you okay. take this route right there, here's what'll happen. Yeah. So some of it's going to be you, you telling me a story because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, to 100% it. Um, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm partway through. I'm looking forward to talking about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we are doing Zone of the Enders. The, uh, the PS2 Kojima uh, game that came with the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. That is a game that I, I have very fond memories of. I don't think I actually ever beat it mm-hmm. when I was younger, but uh, I do like it a lot. Yeah, it is very inexpensive to get a hold of for either the Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3. We are doing Zone of the Enders 1 instead of Zone of the Enders 2. People have said, yes, 2 is a better game. I'm probably going to dip into it a little bit. Uh, but we are choosing the first one because doing the first in a series like that, especially as story-heavy as, as it is, uh, makes a little bit more sense. And also it is the, the one that we have experience with. There's less background stuff, too. Yeah. You know, like, we can do Spider-Man 2 because the, the background is Spider-Man's origin. And, like, as much as we all hope and pray that someday a movie comes along that explains Spider-Man's origin, <laughs> um, we, we can we can make make it without it. Gary. For the time being. <laughs> um, after that, um, we are doing our summer uh, JRPG. Yeah. Uh, this so. is going to be um, Paper Mario. Yeah. Yeah, it's been on the poll before. It's it has lost um, <laughs> one of our polls before, but uh, you know I've talked a lot on the Becker blog and just in general about some JRPG fatigue. So we strategically um, have chosen a JRPG that feels manageable mm-hmm. without you know doing the increase in case of emergency break glass that has Chrono Trigger <laughs> in it. You know, which is which is the like this people love this game. This will be a huge <laughs> huge hit. Like and is really short, but that's we're keeping that in the pocket for now. Yeah as an emergency game and uh, doing with this other very manageable, breezy, uh, charming RPG. And I really want to do it because I played it. I played it not too long after I played super Mario RPG, which like I didn't care for that much. Like if you go back to the episode and I was probably even a little bit more gun shy in the episode about talking about things I didn't like (laughs) about it because it's so beloved. And I was still kind of finding our our voice for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, but I adore this game. Yeah. So I want to be able to articulate why I think this is really, really great. And at least it's, is on its own and in comparison to Mario RPG. Yeah. Uh, this is like $10 on both the Wii and Wii U um, uh, uh, eShops or whatever, mm-hmm. the virtual consoles. Uh, the Wii U one is pretty great because you have save states and stuff like that. And also it looks better as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the game looks good too. It ages really well. Yeah. Unlike many Nintendo 64 games. Yeah. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, revisiting that game mm-hmm. too. And we have some ideas for polls and the like uh, going forward. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing a game for Portland Retro Gaming Expo mm-hmm. um, this year. I think this is the first time we talked about it on the show. Yes, we can announce that. We will have a panel at the Portland Retro Games Expo. Yeah, it's still a little, you know, it's early to be planning. But uh, if you are in the Pacific Northwest or you want to travel, um, hopefully we'll make it worth your while. Um, it is consistently the most fun that I have every year. And I know <laughs> you've said the same. Yep. Um, we will have a meetup type event. We would love to, to meet you if you can come out and uh, you can come watch us do the show live and come to our booth. The game is still a little bit to be determined. We've yep. been throwing games around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that is, um, let me look here, uh, October the uh, 17th and 18th, uh, yep. which is a Saturday so, and Sunday. And the, uh, the, 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 the ticket prices, the admission are incredibly reasonable. I think it's like 25 bucks to get in for like the whole weekend. It's a real fun time. Yeah. Like it's not, it would be fun even if we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it is uh, like the best old video game store. 
Like it, it is a huge section that is a store for like, and just weird shit too. Like <laughs> if you're not a collector, like if you just want to go and like, Oh, somebody here is selling like a, a wonder swan with all the games. Like you get to see that kind of cool shit. Yeah. Tons of homemade things like artists and, and Etsy people yep. making things, which is really fun. Huge free play arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, if you've never and, touched a Vectrex, a Vectrex, you will have a chance to touch a Vectrex here. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a Vectrex touching booth. Um, the Portland indie game squad guys have been having kind of a bigger presence. Um, there will be more games that are indie games, uh, there for demo. I'm sure I'm 95% certain they'll have a copy of killer queen. Up. <laughs> if you've never gotten a chance to play killer That's queen, so like good. you have to do that. Like yeah. that is a mandatory arcade game to play. That is a beautiful um, cabinet that they built for that too. It's so good. Like that's we're gonna do a comrade on it, I think, because mm. it's such a good uh, indie game and, and such a cool experience to play it. Um, and then they've been, you know, since the, I've gone to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, they've been upping their uh, their panel content, mm-hmm. and it's not just you know us they're doing cool things. Like they get a lot of kind of industry luminaries and stuff. I know this year uh, they're doing uh, the guy who made ET, mm-hmm. the Atari thing, is doing a panel about that whole debacle. Yeah. So, like, I feel like this is it's kind of weird. Like, the E.T. thing was an urban legend, and then all of a sudden in a year, there's, like, <laughs> everything's about it. Yeah. Like, there's a documentary and the Angry Video Game Nerd movie, and, and all of a sudden, like, this is the story we want to hear. <laughs> um, so there's all kinds of – I think uh, Kohler's going to be there again, Chris Kohler, so mm. he'll probably do the uh, retro gaming roadshow yeah. thing, which is a really fun panel. Um, don't go to it if it goes up against ours. Yeah, please. But but uh, if uh, if it doesn't go up against ours, it's really worth seeing. It's really, really fun. Dance with the one that brought you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love the one you're with, for the love of God. <laughs> love the one you're with. Um, but anyway, if you can make it out to that, uh, we mm-hmm. would love to meet you. Yeah. Uh, I say that genuinely. Like I, I love meeting people who listen to the show. Yeah, it is, it is a wonderful time. We already we already know of some people who are making time and coming out. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, boy, oh boy, do I just look forward to it. Yeah, we will not make it weird. Like it will be, <laughs> it will be a fun, fun meet and greet. Yeah. Um, if you want to help the show, um, the reason why we can afford to go do this thing, yeah, um, it's expensive. Airplane, hotel, <laughs> we had to make banners and shit. Like it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, the reason why we can afford to do that is because of Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, mm-hmm. you can decide to kick us a couple of bucks a month, and uh, we will then take that money and do cool things with it. Yeah. Like this. Exactly. And there are going to be some changes coming to that uh, pretty soon. Exciting new stuff. Um, and uh, just kind of keep your ear to the ground. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's nothing's going away. They're not bad changes. Right. They're good changes. Good changes. Um, uh, we also have the Facebook group, um, which uh, is kind of coming up on a thousand. Let us cross that line. And uh, I don't know that we can beat Bonfireside Chat, but uh, boy, oh boy, would it be good to have two uh, groups with uh, with over a thousand. That is uh, yeah. facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs, where we post uh, pretty cool articles. We kind of use that as a as our uh, kind of de facto retro games blog. And uh, the people having conversations there are really cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is recommended. Um, and then ratings, reviews on iTunes, blogging it, all mm-hmm. that stuff is recommended as well. Yeah. Um, until next time, what can they watch out for, Cole? Uh, they can watch out. Is there a flame-based Spider-Man villain? Um. I'm, I'm sure there is. There's yeah. like a, well, like you can watch out for pumpkin bombs. Watch out, watch out for the fire ant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
so here I am playing Spider-Man City Raid, the Spider-Man Flash game that Gary mentioned in the episode. <laughs> Look at him go! Oh, <laughs> he's got no bones. <laughs> What in the world? Is that Black Betty? Is Black Betty a song? Okay, I'm going to retry. Oh, it doesn't start until you... <laughs> Is this official? <laughs> okay, one more time. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, okay, one more time. <laughs> it shoots down like... Oh, no, no. Latch on, latch on. You're good. Oh, wait. Now I'm, now I'm above the screen. Is this a song? All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> 